0: We got waveforms. Yes, the waves are working. The waves are working, excellent. The airwaves
1: are working. It's not killed the radio star. This hasn't killed the radio star yet.
0: <laughs> working on it. Once I get him in a room <laughs> with a knife and what that's dark. What
1: the going on down there?
0: you know how they have cinnamon toast crunch right yeah and so a couple months ago i discovered chocolate cinnamon toast crunch or like chocolate Ooh, toast crunch evil and it was it was pretty okay and so i thought when i saw chocolate frosted flakes a month ago i was like <laughs> oh i'll go give this a try they aren't as good oh yeah. Um, but I, I should also cap this with the, the lesson I learned as an adult is that the chocolate and cinnamon and frosty cereals, they aren't cereals that were ever meant to be eaten on their own. They're okay. garnish for healthy cereals. So you get, you get your honey bunches of oats, quote unquote, healthy cereal. And mm-hmm. then, and then you give it a layer of, of chocolate toast crunch on top. And then it's like, it's like the, the icing sugar on the otherwise very low sugar cake. Gotcha except that it's actually pretty high carb still. Anyway, hi, welcome to WTF and TFW. <laughs> this is where we like to give advice on lifestyle, cereal and cartoons, comic books and toys. I'm Chris, also Vangelist, and I am joined today on our odd numbered rotating chair. I finally got a second person in a rotating chair. It's all on me. But uh I am joined today by uh Amy Lady Rec at Lady of Rec on Twitter. Uh welcome to the show.
1: It's good to be here, man.
0: <laughs> I, I love talking about it, like the show, and like we, we've got you here in the room, and it's like it's a Discord call. Yeah, uh, it's a voice over IP Discord call. But um, for those who don't still know, still awesome,
1: still awesome, bringing the world together.
0: We're we're in. I. It was 2007 when I had the moment in Japan, New Year's Eve, talking to my brother in Toronto and my mom on the West Coast over then video Skype. Uh Where I was like, we live in the future <clears throat> we don't we, we don't have to do f- crazy phone calls we just push buttons and talk to each other, but uh for those who don't know, uh Amy was uh the host of uh the Underbase podcast, which was a very comics focused transformers podcast that I am almost four years late into collaborating with, yeah, uh,
1: that's okay though. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, I like to say I got there before the half decade. Um,
1: <laughs> That's fantastic, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, I've I've known Amy online for for a while, and we've uh, we've hung out at conventions and stuff. And then I noticed <clears throat> this is my whole motivation. I was like, I got to do an odd number podcast, and I want to talk about Cyberverse. And I noticed that the, a common thread when you talk to your friends about Cyberverse is they say, "Oh, I haven't watched it." So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed you were tweeting about it, so I figured, like, hey, let's talk about Cyberverse, let's talk about some of the new comics as well. Um, Once we get into the thrush of those things, I'll I'll note, for this podcast, I am going to throw in a couple time codes, because talking about media means talking about plot points, and I don't want to be super... Uh, granular about it so um we i will say if we start getting into plot point talk you know and and if you want to skip past it um then there should be some time codes to help Uh, i I think a lot of this podcast is going to either be for people who have watched or read those things or for people who at this point weren't going to and hopefully we can convince them to give some stuff a a try um but before i get into that amy how's it been going how's it's been going good how, it's yeah. it's almost spooky day. It's uh, we're we're in the latter. We're, it's October twenty is when we're recording yeah. this. Um. So how are things around yonder household? How are things over in the area?
1: Well, um, sitting down and podcasting for even an hour is not going to be uncomfortable because our uh, Phoenix heat has started to decline, so I'm like, okay, wow, I might actually be a little cool here, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, someday, hopefully, I will no longer have to worry about timing my air conditioner use with when I'm running a microphone.
1: Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, I, I just have a light fan on in the back, so it's all good, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not bothering my microphone. <laughs> now, my kids, uh, th- I was brushing up a little bit of Cyberverse just before I got on today, so I had two... sitting with me watching Cyberverse, so it was kind of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Just staying out of trouble, keeping my kids moving in a direction. (laughs) Can't say which direction that is, but yeah. That was kind of the reason why I stopped podcasting was because I had a a third child and it was going to suck up all my time because, you know, the first five years are the most developmentally important. And so Mm -hmm. I put a fork in the underbase and I really miss podcasting so uh getting an invitation to come on your show was like hey hell yeah sure I'd love to do All that right. <laughs> let's talk about some transformers man
0: yeah like uh, yeah kids are kids are responsibility I, my mom told me about that because apparently she had to deal with me when I was a kid yeah um, <laughs> and uh oddly enough I actually have a lot of memories from before I was five I'm uh, apparently that's not common so uh, who knows maybe your kids will remember a whole lot of this as well
1: I hope, because I hope that it's filled with lots of Transformer goodness and it lasts them for the rest of their lives.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, since you mentioned it, like, without going, like, I guess, plot deep already, but um, just on the surface, like, how are you, because your kids are technically the uh, intended audience for Transformers Cyberverse and Rescue Bots and Rescue Bots Academy. Yeah. Um, how, How are they enjoying Transformers as actual children?
1: so i have a four-year-old a 12-year-old a 16-year-old the the 12 and 16-year-old are kind of beyond it a little bit but they oh that's which is okay because i still have the four-year-old i still have an entry-level you know kid audience member and i remember this though was when, so- I, when
0: i was 16 i said i was over it and i was like <laughs> quietly watching it when i got home from school so yeah,
1: yeah so my I, I haven't really been paying attention to rescue bots academy sadly i i just i it's not been on my radar i think i might have watched one episode and i went eh it's a little too like i don't know i i kind of this love and hate with with little kid shows it's either it really yeah. works or it's just like, eh, it's a little too little kid for me. And so I just don't sit and watch it. And then years later, I go back and look at it and say, yeah, actually, it wasn't too bad. I just had to soldier through. Um, but my little guy found it on Netflix, he found the first season of Rescue Bots Academy the four-year-old, on Netflix, and he started watching it. And lo and behold, like, the 12-year-old and the 16-year-old got sucked into it, too. And I was doing the dishes, so I had no idea what was going on. And then suddenly my <laughs> husband comes up and says, you know, this is your your fault, right? And I was like, what? And I look over, and they are watching Rescue Bots Academy, and they're, like, into the third episode already. So... I would say that they're good with it. I mean, for at least a couple of days, my four year old was like, "I want to watch Rescue Buzz Academy. I want to." And he, uh, he all he, I'd say if if there's a bigger fan than Josh, um, Perez with Bumblebee, I would say (laughs) I am raising the next biggest fan of Bumblebee in my household because my four year old loves. I know, I know, (laughs) I'm going to say that he's like, "Oh, it's so on now," Um, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, he really likes Bumblebee. Anytime he sees Bumblebee, if there's a car that drives by that is yellow, it doesn't even have to be a Camaro. He's like, Bumblebee! It's like, yes, Bumblebee is his thing. Um, <laughs> he he. Whenever there's a show on, I want to watch Bumblebee! I want to watch Bumblebee! And it doesn't even matter if it's the right show or not. I mean, it could be Transformers Prime, it could be animated, it doesn't matter. He likes Bumblebee. So,
0: Well, the, the, you could say that, that the intended effect happened. Yes, uh, yes. As far as the... <laughs> the marketing of the show and etc. It's, it's the thing. Like, I think it's a perspective that is super important. Um, especially now that there are fans, uh, it's not just that there are fans, you know, of, of a lot of ages now, but that there are, I think specifically fans in their thirties who were in their twenties, 10 years ago, who were in the fandom 10 years ago. Uh, and, and sometimes I think perspective can ebb and get a little bit fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, I've, I've found that actually to be a case with a lot of conversation about Cyberverse uh, in, in some venues. But I, I, lo- I love hearing that, like, as much as we make fun of, you know, oh, Bumblebee, they market him for the kids and you find out, yeah. like, yes, and kids love them. They they love Bumblebee. They You're like, oh, OK.
1: <laughs> he is like their intro character. He's their p- perspective character. And and mm-hmm. as much as I you know like yeah it's just bumblebee but then I look at my kids I it's like yeah it's bumblebee and yeah he is a he's a perspective character for them it's the gateway drug yeah and I I for some reason it just translates across all all of their different IPs all of it, it just translates. You know, it doesn't matter who or what or you know his character is. He could be slightly darker. He could be slightly lighter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They. It's like it's Bumblebee, and they they've got he's like stuck in their brains. <laughs> so Hasbro very yeah. has been very successful with that. As much as we're like boohooing him, I think that <laughs> <laughs> it it's perspective. When you're at that age, Bumblebee is is a is a character that you just latch on to so mm-hmm. whether or not i mean i know that they have in the past said oh yeah he's the he's the brand of Hasbro. I was like well yes and no because once you've gotten past that gateway drug then there's so much more and then you can you know start gravitating toward certain characters that actually fit better but as a child mm-hmm. bumblebee is like the gateway character
0: and that's when they can start creating that um, that recursive nostalgia. So in ten years, when they're still with the brand, they can go, "Oh man, Bumblebee is how I got into this. I wonder what Bumblebee's up to." And then they make a, <laughs> another Bumblebee film or another piece of Bumblebee media, and uh, the cyclic nostalgia by design, I think, is is like kind of terrifying, but also really interesting because uh, yeah. not a lot of um, of IPs get to really do that. Um, and I see the other thing that we usually do when we when we start these podcasts off is we we tend to start with the on topic what we got this week segment. Um mm-hmm. with guests I always open it up a whole lot more cuz I'm like, "Hey, listen, you don't actually have to have gotten anything, but in, in your case, what I would like I, I would always say, "Just what what's been on your mind Transformers wise outside of like what we're going to talk about later on? Like any toy stuff you've seen that look cool? Anything you picked up lately?" okay.
1: Um, <clears throat> so, I did a thing that I don't normally do and i have to go look up what that the name of it is really fast that sounds fast. like how
0: that that sounds like a lot of conversations about third party toys
1: it is <laughs> so i okay i don't normally pre-order anything i just like mm-hmm. you know i'm one of those people i've i've got transformers i i've got toys but i don't have like like a serious collection i'm like i really liked the high moon games and so I've looked over my collection and go, yeah, I have a lot of the designs from, you know, War for Cybertron, Fall for Cybertron. And and then afterwards, I just kind of lost interest. So I've, I've got, unless something comes out that's like, oh, I really like that and I can't get it out of my mind and I go buy it. I haven't really been paying attention to the toys. But then somebody online posted a couple of, and this is usually where it starts, right? It's got to be on Twitter, right? It's like that clickbait that you get. But. You know, there are a lot of fans yeah. out there that, like, put out stuff of, you know, the the toys that they have. And I like a lot of it. I, I might not have it here, but I appreciate everything else that everybody has out there. And especially if they go out like, and they say something, oh, I really, really like this because of this. And they show it off. It's like, I am going to go, you know, click on that and say, yeah, it's really, really pretty. So um I really... <laughs> I. I saw the Transformers Bumblebee DXL scale collectible series, Optimus Prime, the one by three zero one. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been wanting to get like a, just a collectible type thing like that, but I just, nothing has really, really like spoken to me, but I saw that. And I looked at that and I went, Ooh, and I tell you within about three or four days, I did pre-order that thing. And this is the first yeah, time I've ever done yeah. it, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> is this a gateway drug to something bigger?" <laughs> I,
0: I can I can give you the the vote of, of maybe um, uh, unhelpful confidence that I think you made a good decision because I, yeah. I think extremely highly of that line. Oh, it's uh, really. I, I, funny. I should say for full disclosure, they they just sent me a product sample of that Optimist that has arrived Ugh. like two days ago, so I'm nice also nice. poking at it. But the, no, that that line they've been doing, like they the the Bumblebee they put out, I still think is the best movie Bumblebee toy that's ever been made. Even though it doesn't transform, it's yeah. uh, it's perfectly screen accurate. And the the DLX line is like it, it's hard to put this. Like I I follow this this group of of uh, toy designers called Chemical Attack, who often work uh-huh. with a company called Sentinel. They also are, are working with Flame Toys on the uh, the very expensive uh, Flame Toys figures, the Kurukara Kuri line. Um, nice. and, and they do engineering where it's like, it's not just that the toy is articulated, but it is articulated in an almost organic way while being mechanical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 3A, three, three 3Zero's three um, DLX uh, Bumblebee movie stuff <laughs> hits that mark. It's It hits that mark slightly below in tune with how their figures are also way less expensive. So you get the big cool interlink moment when you bend a knee joint on a DLX figure so far on all three of them. Uh, but then like, you know, the, the, when you get to into the arms, it's like, okay, there isn't like a super interlinked double jointed elbow. There's just a very clever way to make it look like there's interlink going on. Okay. Uh, That's cool. But it's, it's like a really weird tiny space that now there are two companies very solidly occupying it. And, uh, those DLX figures are just there. The bang for your buck on them, I think is incredible. Uh, Because they they have the 303A paintwork done, but they've got this, like, almost chemical attack-style engineering. Uh, Also, big, big huge thing, the battery functions use regular, normal LR44 batteries. Uh, You don't have to go hunting down strange, esoteric, micrometer-different-size watch batteries for the lights in Optimus' eyes.
1: See, all the things you're saying are just making me feel so much more confident that I did this.
0: (laughs) Here's the thing... It's probably going to get you to to eyeball that little bumblebee they put out.
1: Oh, it already has. I've looked at the bumblebee. I'm going, hmm, should it, I do that it? Bumblebee
0: he is like that is bang for your buck
1: yeah i'm thinking about like you know when the kids are moving out and i have my own desk space and i can you know display a piece that's like the ultimate piece that i love 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 i can definitely Mm. justify the optimus prime i don't know if i want to put another guy on there like bumblebee i love you but i don't know i'm just like i'm going back and forth but everything that you're saying is making me going maybe i better get that Bumblebee too. Because in I mean, five like, years I, we'll be able to find it. I'm like going, maybe not. <laughs> I, I
0: think it'll it'll stick around decently long enough by by virtue of being like a licensed third party Transformers thing, and and mm-hmm. thus like it's a very niche audience. But uh, I. Uh, it, like it's it's when the Optimus shows up like in my mind when i had when i got the bumblebee uh properly mm-hmm. even like I, I was looking at it going like i really want someone for this figure to hang out with and literally <laughs> at the end of that movie him and Optimus are just like walking through a forest and i'm like that is it's too perfect to have the two of them chilling out oh yeah um i'm i'm greedy though uh ever since that bumblebee <laughs> came out uh they've really they've released three figures now but the moment Bumblebee came out, I was just like, "You need to make Shatter and Dropkick to this quality," um, <laughs> and I, I am ready for the sad world where they don't. But I really hope they do.
1: <laughs> it would be really awesome if they did. Yeah, yeah. Don't give some Decepticon love out there. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, like like they made they made Blitzwing. Uh, he's coming out properly, I think, by the end of the year. Uh, and I I get how Blitzwing was kind of the second figure to make uh, in in the lead up to the movie because that was kind of those he was the the robot we all saw in the early tra- uh, trailers yeah um then it, it's Starscream. cool having him yeah like it's it, it's very cool having that figure exist and I also would like them to retool it into Star Scream and the, and then a bunch of Seekers but um, Shatter and Dropkick were you know they were my heart and soul of the of the whole film they were such a wonderful loving murder couple
1: <laughs> they um, were yeah yeah i have to agree that's with that a, that's a good assessment they are murder couples <laughs> yeah what was it? V- Vi-
0: violence husband and murder wa- or master wife it's violence yeah. husband and master wife the murder couple i always mix up the m's yeah um but uh, no that's, that's cool I'm, I'm that's that's cool you, you check that thing out because the Oh, I did
1: one step more. I checked it out and I looked at all the videos and then I went, oh, uh, uh, I'm going to do this. 24 hours later, I was clicking on the internet to, to pre order that bad boy.
0: You clicked the <laughs> checkout button, you could say. I did. Uh, I did,
1: and I can't wait to see him now. I'm like, I'm com- fully committed. I'm fully committed as I'm, I'm waiting for any day where they send me the email that says it's on its way. And I'll go like, yes.
0: So you saw the thing when you bend his, his chest forward and all that spine start showing up.
1: Oh, that was brilliant. I love that. Yeah.
0: that That's a perfect example of how like, so on a flame toys piece, like, and to their credit, they would probably have like the whole spine as like an interlink thing where like pieces are jointed and moving uh-huh. uh but but 3A30 I was calling 3A30 because like you know 3A 3A's toys were always made by 30 but like the the actual company brand 3A just uh, closed its doors uh, a couple months ago so it's yeah. still fresh in my mind but um the way they did that on the Optimus it is just a ball joint but the geometry of everything is like perfect so that it's just it's just a ball jointed piece moving on one ball joint. It feels like, but everything's cut so that when you do it, it reveals all this stuff and then like sucks it back into its torso mass when you lean them back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool geometry.
1: I, um, I just was really blown away with the engineering to make that work. It just looks so slick that I just yeah. like okay, that's a sell point for me. <laughs>
0: He's even got a thing that, um, I don't know how much, I haven't checked out the videos yet because I'm I'm working on my own, but, like, he's got a thing where when you want to move his shoulders, like, outwards for, like, a T-pose or something like that, Mm -hmm. um there's like a multi-step process where you move his butterfly joint and that reveals these like gray cylinders on his inner shoulders. And then you can move those cylinders up a bit and that moves up a bit of a little red panel on his collarbone. And then you can move the actual arms out another bit and that moves the shoulder pad out a bit. So it's like four different things collectively move to achieve the 90 degree outward shoulder motion. Nice. Uh, it's, It's very cool. Um, also, they, they named all his spare hands and gave them like actual names, and I I <laughs> like that. Awesome. The the hand that's pointing with two fingers is literally called the command hand. Nice, uh, which I'm I'm digging. Uh, but, uh yeah. That 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 actually kind of just hits my own on topic. What I got this week. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
1: uh, <'cause> it, <laughs> I it stole was, it. Was,
0: well, it was that, and then there was. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this on a previous episode, but, like, slightly related, I'd finally picked up my uh, Flame Toys Star Saber that I I basically bought at TFCon uh, last year in America. Nice. uh, From Flame Toys booth, uh, like, pre-bought. And, um, yeah, the, the, like... I, I talk up the virtues of these figures not to try to make other people buy them, but more so just to, like, say that, you know, these, these are easy to get lost in the shuffle when a lot of folks want things to transform, and I think these things really stand out. And the Flame Toys Star Saber does an astonishing amount of almost transforming that I don't think was really advertised very much, because um, he's he's basically like IDW Star Saber as far as a lot of the silhouette and the bulk. Nice. Uh but you can remove a lot of that stuff and and physically shrink his forearm slightly and then he's just a normal star saber so it's like you can you can undress him basically oh that's uh, kind of cool
1: i like that that's that 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 seems like a really good sell point to me too i have to go look at videos now <laughs>
0: yeah like like his whole wing backpack when it comes off it has a jointed sort of nose cone cockpit thing that like the joint on that serves no purpose except for the backpack to look more like a jet when it's not on star saber so i don't know it's <laughs> there's there's some odd mixed messages that I like uh, on that figure um and of course it's it's full of just crazy interlink stuff and uh and transforming swords sheaths and whatnot um but uh, yeah, I have been having I've been having a very suddenly ca- suddenly having a very high end transformers a uh, couple of weeks. Good. Um, That's
1: fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I've I've been uh, I've been trying to get a hold of uh some of those Hasbro Pulse exclusives uh that were available at EB Games here in Canada, but I have a boy if I got a purer story that I can condense to about a minute. Uh <laughs> I tried I tried to order Drillhead guy uh, Zetar um the uh, from the Power Dasher trio that they're they're doing, and uh, EB Games had it, and then they had that Generation Selects Nightbird as well. And if I ordered the Nightbird, I get free shipping. So I said, "Hey, let's do it." They're shipping with Purelator, and I have this moment of like this. I remember them not being good, and. Um, The timeline is, they tried to deliver Friday. I wasn't here. No notice. They tried to deliver Saturday. Left a paper slip. Said to go pick it up. Uh, Sunday, I I didn't go to pick it up. I didn't want to go out on Sunday. Monday was Thanksgiving Day over here, so it was a a holiday. No one was Mm -hmm. open. Tuesday, it was apparently already returned to sender, and I called the the pickup place, and they said, yeah, it never showed up here. Uh, So in the span of five days, including a holiday-long weekend, they tried to deliver it twice and then sent it back. So I had to I had to send, send some uh, annoyed Twitter messages and uh, uh, send an email to EB Games, and they said they will send it to me again with Canada Post this time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my Pure Later story. Oh boy, it was. I, I didn't find out it had actually been returned to sender uh, after I'd called them to tell them not to do it until I complained on Twitter and tagged them, and they DM'd me and <laughs> said, oh yeah, it went, it went back to EB Games. Uh anyway, it's no news to anyone in Canada that Pure Later sucks, but there's my story.
1: That sounds uh, like there was a little bit of fan rage involved as well, and it's kind of cooled down a little bit so you can actually talk about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I was just mostly like um the the part the only part that really annoyed me was the part where I'm like, "You guys you guys tried to deliver it twice. Only one of them you left record of doing it and then you t- didn't even Bring it to a. You did more work. Yeah, you, did, you didn't even leave it at a drop off point. Like, what's going on? Anyway, um, yeah, that's that, that's a, a little truncated. What we got segment, I think. Uh, and I man, I'm so jazzed that like I didn't have to bring up three zero Optimus Prime. It's <laughs> like like, oh, I gotta, I gotta intro this uh, this this posable Optimus figure and make it sound cool. And then the just comes and going like, I pre ordered it. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's so uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> That was my guilty it, it pleasure also, this month.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they they even I think they even had access to the, the CG models to work on those DLX figures. So it's it's the most accurate version of that uh that, that character model you're gonna have for a long time. Unless you go to Prime One Studios and and those don't pose, so they're way less interesting, in my yeah. opinion. Um anyway, we let's, let's get into this podcast proper. Uh, and let's let's start off talking um, a little bit about comic books. Okay. Uh, cool. So, just as a, as kind of like an opening capsule before we get into like talking about plot points, I'd like to talk about obviously like you know the the new IDW now that we're a little ways in, yeah. Uh, and then I also want to touch on uh, Transformers Ghostbusters. If you've checked that out,
1: I have. I read the first issue last night, and oh, okay. I want more of that bad boy. I didn't think I would. Oh. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say they really like it, and I thought, eh, okay, yeah, okay, maybe I'll eventually I'll check it out when it goes into trade. And I just couldn't pass it up. I thought, okay, let's go see what they're, everybody's talking about. I only read one episode, or one issue. I say episode, issue. They're, you know, fluid. Depends yeah. on what you're talking about. Um, yeah, after one issue, I was like, damn, I want the next issue what the next issue holy crap
0: this is that, good that is a book that people should be reading by by all rights that book could have been nothing and they they made a something is what i'll say uh like we're, we'll talk a little bit just quickly we'll talk a bit about the first issue because i want to know like so what like what were your expectations going in on, on that thing and like like because that I was not expecting something that showed that much love, even though I, you know, it's, it's the Ghostbusters comic book guys, and they're they're pretty awesome comic workers. Yeah, uh, I, I, w- I was astonished at the artwork actually the most because it felt like someone who either secretly has just been tra- drawing Transformers all this time, or like picked up Transformers as art in like a, a record amount of time. They look incredible. Uh, they the, the art do. In, that, in that series is so solid.
1: Yeah, so my expectations going in, I didn't really have any. I was like, okay, I, I know a lot of people have said good things about it and everybody should be reading it. And I thought, eh, yeah, I just didn't know if it was going to be for me. I, you know, kind of held off a little bit and like went, okay, I'll, i I should check this out while I'm reading comics and I'm sitting here doing this. Let's go, let's go change gears and try something else. And, I kind of read it as a, like, you know, I've, I've been reading this other stuff, so now I want to flip gears and see how well I get sucked into uh first issue. And boy, howdy. They did a good job with it. And and you're like, you're right. The art was just really great. And I, I haven't really been reading any of the, the Ghostbusters stuff. Um not that I didn't want to, it's just like, eh, I, I've got such limited time sometimes and my attention span is like, you know, focused on my kids and rather than doing stuff for myself. Um, and so, you know, going in, I it's been years since I saw the Ghostbusters show, the Ghostbusters kid, you know, I, I watched it when I was a kid, but I have never gone mm. back to revisit it or anything like that. And it kind of got that little somewhere deep in me that little um uh the the what is the word i'm trying to look for it just hit that little kid me that watched it years ago and went, oh wow that's right those characters were doing this and oh yeah they did kind of do that. And those little expressions and micro expressions that are on the characters and the in the 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 comic and it, it brought mm. up that sentiment that's what it sentimentality that i had for the show back when i was a kid and i didn't think i had it and suddenly whoa okay i like that i just kind of <laughs> reignited this little oh wow and oh look they've got transformers in there too and ooh, this looks interesting so yeah i i yeah i enjoyed the first issue in fact i was quite i wasn't to go in with any expectations and now my expectation is i better think about actually getting the rest of this maybe before it even hits the trades i'm like oh yeah it's, it's good a,
0: it's it's a i'll say it's it's a very good series that i think pays off really well uh and and the thing about the ghostbusters crossover is because this is not the first crossover that idw ghostbusters has done um and I read the first, I think, two trades of IDW Ghostbusters, and it's it's like your, like, kind of like your situation. It's a book I, I have more trades of. I just haven't sat down to read them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like my ongoing subscription to IDW uh, Ninja Turtles and Boom Studios Power Rangers. Uh-huh. I am years behind on both of those books, but I'm happy to keep the subscriptions going because I know they're still quality. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the Ghostbusters comic proper is, is super solid. And the crazy thing about that book, as far as I understand it, maybe I misunderstood something somewhere, but ev- I think every crossover they've done has been canon to the Ghostbusters comic.
1: Oh, really? That's nice.
0: Uh, so they've crossed over with the Ninja Turtles uh, as well. And I believe that was canon to both books um, using interdimensional travel stuff. And I... As far as I can tell, this is basically, like, canon to Ghostbusters still. There's nothing that seems to contradict anything
1: uh, that they've sweet. gone through. Okay, that well, so, there. Maybe that might get me involved in more stuff, knowing that, oh, it's not just a one-off. It's like, hey, actually, it does make sense in their universe.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, they've, they've got... That book's been going on for a while, I think. It's it's really cool. Like, they've, they've worked Extreme Ghostbusters into it. They've had... Uh, they had they had a world's collide crossover with the uh, female Ghostbusters team from the the film a couple years ago cool um, and the, I think they're treating that as another like alternate dimension thing um, but in g- the Ghostbusters comic that seems to just work yeah yeah uh, but the, yeah, the the Transformers Ghostbusters is is a is fantastic read. It's it, it kind of hits me in the same joy joyous nature as that Mars Attacks crossover from some years ago. Nice. Um, except that, that was a one shot. This is a five issue series with cliffhangers that are pretty solid. Uh, and uh, the the other thing that the 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 comic did, I felt anyway, uh, it started in issue one. I felt it paid off by the end. I am a lot happier that I got a hold of Ectotron, the toy, now, because I I like that character a lot. (laughs) Cool. Uh, And that character is a blank slate who could have just been the most base nostalgia bait. Uh, And I I thought, just even in the first issue, that that whole bit about him having a ridiculously long name that everyone tries to shorten. uh, It was just
1: cute. (laughs) It was. It was a really good... I was like, aw, this guy is cute. I love him. Bring yeah, me more
0: yeah. of that. <laughs> they call him they, ack. They, ack. they bring you some more of. They bring you some more of that. There's. Oh, there is a bit. I can't. Yeah, you're. You're gonna like that series. There is a great okay. bit about his name later in the series. Uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I, I won't. I won't go too far into that. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm glad you checked out one issue of that because it's. Uh, very good. Um, and anyone listening, like if you if you think it sounds cool, like what I'll tell you is yes, it is. So check it out if you haven't. Yeah. Um, if, if the
1: first issue doesn't suck you in, then you know we guess we haven't sold it well enough.
0: <laughs> like like the first issue, kind of. I mean that. Let's say it. The cold open of the first issue is kind of like the litmus test up front of like, are you into this or not? By opening, like the the cold open is is that preview that everyone saw Gozer showing up on Cybertron. Like they just go for it. So yeah. you know It's
1: it quite literally you just jump right in and say, Gozer is here, deal with it, bitches
0: <laughs> Yeah. And and some some folks get dealt with is what I'll say. Yeah. Uh <laughs>
1: I I liked uh, that. I liked the balls out move with that because it just seemed like, okay, no, we are in, we're absolute crossover moment because, you know, if you have, if you've seen Ghostbusters on TV, that was like, you know, or whatever on the movies, that was like the ultimate moment, right? When Gozer meets the the guys and they're like, okay, you know? If they if you ever say if you're a god, you say yes, that's a brilliant moment, right? And boom, you open the first page and it's like Gozer is here. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, Wow, okay, we're right into this. That was awesome. Well
0: and then and then the way it kind of just slams to black with like one black page with white text on it. <laughs> like you know, yeah. I wonder how this went. Boom. Oh, okay. Yeah, it went and that it, bad. <laughs> it, it's great because it also it it, it uh, in doing that it's a bit of a stunt, but in doing that they also immediately explain how this this works with the existing Ghostbusters continuity. That's why they never saw Transformers before. Yeah, is because Gozer showed up on Cybertron. Exactly. Um, but to, uh, bouncing and, off that into oh good ahead, good.
1: Ahead. Not that I want to like reveal, but like the thing that destroys them it was just comically awesome
0: <laughs> yeah i mean if you if you know ghostbusters there's it's a big loud throwback but it's a great one a, uh, it, it
1: was brilliant I, I within two pages of me just turning the page and i was laughing my backside off i was like no that's awesome that is so totally yeah, cool <laughs> the,
0: the question i'll leave for you dear listener who hasn't read it is who do you think couldn't clear their mind when gozer went to to pick out the destroyer uh, and if you think you know it, you probably have got it right, but check out the book. It's, it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, let's, let's go into, uh, into new IDW and, um, uh, just uh, real quick before we get into super big plot points. Uh, are you, are you digging it? Um, how are you feeling about it now that we're some months in?
1: Okay. So we're, I've, I'm up to issue 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like it. I don't dislike it. As a primer to start off from, like, the ground up, I don't think that there's anything that they're doing wrong or anything that I thought was a misstep. I think anything at this point, because literally you're going from the ground up, I don't think that any of it will work badly. But I'm also not, like, seriously digging it either, which Mm. is... Uh, I've been trying to I've been thinking for the last 24 hours since I got all the way to issue 13 uh, because I I read like 10 through 13 last night I think if I remember correctly with the the numbering because I just kind of sit down and binged (laughs) five comics Um, so my brain at least when it comes to the numbers little fuzzy Um, I didn't see anything that I mean, up until now, I'm like, I'm I'm loving it. I'm digging in the sense that I'm glad that we have a Transformers comic, but I'm not really, like, I'm not grabbing for the next issue, obviously. Um, and I've been trying to figure out what is it that is just not doing. And I'm like going, hmm. Because they have moments that I really do like. It's just not carrying it for me in the sense that I want to pick up the next uh, uh, issue and go for it. Which mm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm just like, I'm not... There's nothing that they're not doing right. It's just they're not doing enough, I think. And I think I finally figured out what it is. I don't know if the conflict is high enough and the stakes are big enough. And I'm Mm. not sure if I really am buying the reasons that Megatron is doing whatever it is that he's doing. And I really don't know what's motivating him either. Mm. So those... it just if I could you know the big sweeping plot points or the big sweeping things that I could say about that is just that I mean I I don't think the conflict I don't think there's enough conflict I think if there was more yeah. conflict I would be yeah, I don't know and, and I'm not it's not to say it's absent of conflict it has conflict I just don't think it's big enough
0: yeah it like like with a lot of criticisms of that book I've read uh, so far it's like I, I don't necessarily disagree with them but also the way the book is doing some of its its stuff is is catered so much towards my taste that I'm really like in this landlocked state of like nah I'm really digging this uh, I, I wish more people were digging it I, I but I don't think a lot of people are wrong when they for for reasons it may not be hooking into them because like absolutely the um, the conflict is there like you said it's like there is conflict there but there's also like um, I guess like a, a there's a sort of lack of a sense of urgency so far yeah uh, and that's where and, it's.
1: It's there's not enough, like the impact of 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 some of the things is just not high enough.
0: It's weird because like I I um between that and the pacing issues like with the lack of sense of urgency I think like that is that is actually quite correct, and then I'm like but also I I like I like the kind of how, how we just have landed in in their society in this sort of transitory state. Uh, yeah. That's that's like vaguely mundane, um, and like criticisms of the pacing. Like the pacing has been a little like like quite molasses at times. But when the plot is not moving forward, they're showering me with like really granular world building about mm-hmm. their politics and history, and I love that stuff in Transformers. So it's like they're it's like they're bribing me uh, every time they do something that is like technically like you know uh, a, a, quite a crit on the book uh, from some vantages. They're doing it. In my flavor, um, yeah. But, uh... but that's
1: also the reason why I've kind of enjoyed it too, is because they are doing a lot of world building, and even the politics side isn't nearly as heavy as I'd say other things have been. But it's mm. it's enough to like it doesn't overkill with the politics. But I do like the little building of the world that they've been doing, and like you said, the history points as well. It just that considering the fact that we don't really get a lot of that usually it was kind of a nice draw for me to want to continue to to read is is to see all of how they're building that especially from the ground up because we're yeah. starting now Is like hey you can't ignore this now it's already here Ha <laughs> ha.
0: Uh, that and and my expectation on this book on a in the most cynical sense when they first announced it was like is this just going to be them doing like a a very um uh, how do you put it, it like it, are they going to just reach for that eighties um you know more than meets the eye pilot nostalgia and turn that into a book and am I, am I going to get really bored and mm-hmm. they They are so entirely not doing that to a, an almost detrimental degree for for a lot of folks, but like I guess I was just so not wanting to read about like i didn 't want to read another um war within kind of setting mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i wanted i wanted to see i want to see cybertron at peace um Maybe that is me having lingering, you know, attachment to the the state of um, older IDW or uh, V one IDW. But uh, Transformers are a lot more interesting when they're not in the midst of a war. I find uh, when the war is more like anecdotal, or if it's it's just a setting that stories are in. Um, mm-hmm. Like whenever whenever you have Transformers and the whole focus is and there's a fight happening, it's kind of like it's kind of like you got to do a lot to not write me a story I've already read. I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get into some into some more spoilery talk. uh, Okay, and and let's feel free to uncork everything. Uh, so like like for instance, the big like the big push of this book when it started was was rubble as not only (laughs) the uh, kind of anchor for the opening arc, but also the anchor for the fact that literally everyone reading it was a new reader, whether they're new to Transformers or coming off of the last continuity. Uh, Yeah. And I, I thought that the rubble story was was kind of cool. I and I I got misled because I, I was pretty sure rubble was the killer uh, until rubble until rubble got killed
1: <laughs> yeah so that was a big thing because i thought okay he's the point of view character of all of us and i thought well i hope they keep him around for a while <laughs> yeah well, i was famous like, I was last like, okay. words yeah. okay
0: the, the the name is rubble <laughs> what happens when you mumble that it sounds like rumble rubble's a little blue robot I'm like okay yeah. i and think i see what you're doing
1: bumblebee's charge which makes it almost I know. worse <laughs>
0: It's nice that they came. I think it's cool that they came up with a great motivation for a Bumblebee this early. Yeah, uh, like 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 coming up with motivations for Bumblebee, Optimus, and Megatron is usually like the hardest work a comic has to do because they're they're such caricature characters, but. Yeah. You know, this gives Bumblebee a, a strong motivation. I think Bumblebee, or, uh, sorry, Optimus and Megatron, that that issue that kind of flashed back to their, um, or flashed back to their friendship, uh, up until the point where they kind of split apart. Like it was a little bit ham-fisty, but I really liked the thrush of it, as yeah. far as telling me like who they are and how they're. Um, like presenting them as as not you know two common workers but instead like no they are two politicians is is risky and then i think that that issue sort of made it work for me uh even though the the character transition was a little bit a little bit um violent mm-hmm. uh like when they both jump out of that they they both fall through orbit and land and then megatron said like one thing optimus said hey wait a second and then megatron got all angry at him and stomped off i was like all right that's that's a little, that's a little much. That was a little fast, but still, the the push behind this issue was was pretty cool, and and it's just nice to to know the motivation of those characters to some degree um, this early. Whereas usually it, it's they are such caricatures in comic books a lot of the time, I find. Uh, but yeah, because um, you, you were talking about um, what was it the uh, like why Megatron is doing things the way he's doing them? Um,
1: yeah, because I. Yeah, I'm just not quite sure. I mean, I I know some of the past stuff that, you know, like what you pointed out, uh, that he had a break with Optimus Prime because of that. It just seems like if you're going to, like, he's upset about something that's in not in their society. And I'm trying to go, mm. okay, up until now, you've had no murders, and you kick all your deviants off world. So anybody that's major criminals are gone. It's like explain to me again now how this is a bad thing because i'm still not quite hitting exactly what it is that they're lacking in their society is it just a dissenting voice or
0: (laughs) i might be going a bit between the lines but like the the impression i got is that between that and like the the hard rationing of of energon they they don't really have any room to grow anymore like it's their their leadership is is kind of like as society we have peaked and so we're going to maintain this peak. And Megatron um, being a disciple of Termagax. Was it Termagax? Yeah, I
1: think,
0: I think it's was Termagax,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, Termagax. Like, he, um, he he, believes that there's more that they can do. And so he's got this revolutionary uh, idealism to a degree. And the, the thing about him I kind of like, uh, which is, I, I know this is a thing for characters that can also be annoying to read, but, like, mm-hmm. he comes off to me as a very arrogant a uh, well-meaning politician who makes every kind of awful, hubris-laden decision, uh, which I thought was laid out kind of when he he confronted um, Shockwave and then confronted Soundwave, and he was like with Shockwave, he's like, hey, I, I, I'm working with you. We're we're trying to we're trying to manufacture this this big moment that will bring our society out of its shell. And Shockwave just says, yes, but I'm also like an exiled war criminal, and you hired me. So like, what did you think I was gonna do? Uh, yeah. Or that and then that whole scene with uh with Soundwave in, in, in like Soundwave's office when Megatron's just flipping desks over and throwing <laughs> stuff and he's he's like I just wanted you to do one thing and now there's security outside and and also you hired Quake and you and Quake killed an infant and and, and there was something about that scene I really enjoyed as far as like you know it, it doesn't make this Megatron out to necessarily be like incredibly smart but it, it, it felt like just a really fun political scene of like a... Megatron is utterly convinced he has good intentions, even though he is basically hiring deranged criminals to do everything.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and that... that that seems like a but it just is it enough to start a huge war? Is he playing both sides? I mean I mean I've, politically speaking, I've read stories that were stronger than this and had more hmm. pull to it, and that's why I'm like, well, I kind of just don't feel it. I'm not getting the amount of intrigue that and and the the cost. The rock between two hard places, that type of thing. It's kind of not there for me yet, and I'm wondering. Mm. Well, we're gonna wait another six issues to get that, or at what point is it enough? And I'm like, I just don't feel like it's enough right now. But again, we're 13 issues in, and that's six months of sc- storytelling right there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm. It. It feels like a slow burn to me, where I'm like, okay, I hope it gets more into it before an actual war kicks off or else I'm going to feel like I mean they've had wars already that's the thing mm. that I'm like. I keep on looking at is okay they've had wars not just with each other but outside of and and they've talked about it but they haven't really given a lot of details about it so it's like it's that idea that oh well they've had conflicts okay so mm. explain to me what the conflicts are they're just not doing that yet so I'm like okay I don't know what the cost is and the conflict doesn't seem high enough for me to go I'm invested in this so. Yeah,
0: it's that weird risk they took of, like, uh, and I think, again, again, it's almost why I'm so friendly to it is is yeah. the idea that we might not even see the actual war start for another, like, year or so. Because uh, I, 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 another fear I had was that it was going to be about four issues of kind of nostalgia padding, then go straight into, you know, 1984. Um <laughs> as far yeah. as a conflict. And so the, the fact that they're doing the absolute polar opposite, almost, almost to a detriment, um, e- even to my taste is like, I, there's something about it that I, I really like as a concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think that also, um, this, the slow burn combined with bi-monthly releases has made for just a very strange reading experience. Uh, yeah,
1: especially since they just started the, well, they, they stopped doing the, the twice a week, or twice-a-month um, issues for at least the going, the ongoing that Ruckley is, is building. Now they've yeah. started Galaxies, which I think might be that sweet spot that we'll be looking forward to, because I did read the first issue of Galaxies last night, and mm-hmm. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. Okay. You know? It, yeah, it, it, it's it, working it's, for it's me. A,
0: it's a great concept that is doing, I think, the old spotlight idea, but, but with a better uh, mindset going in. Um, of, of not being a bunch of one shots because uh, mm-hmm. Spotlight was a, was one shots it was supposed to be character focused one shots and it was and often it was like oh some of these are real good and I wish there was more and then Spotlight became vaguely serialized but also at the cost of being actual Spotlight issues half the time yeah uh, this
1: feels like it's, it's fitting well into the universe like it's like oh okay so we got to know the Constructicons there's more to tell about them but now i feel like they're actually you know and we get to see where they actually are right now since they're doing something you know mm-hmm. how that'll fit into the rest of the whole i don't know exactly yet but i'm willing to give them you know more issues to figure out where that story is going because of how they they built that so mm-hmm i think it and from what i'm understanding it seems like they're both going to be so we've got the ruckley story that's the ongoing the building the world and everything and then that's going to be an ongoing that's going to continue to be an ongoing and that galaxies is now not just going to be like four issues and then they're done i think galaxies is going to continue to be an ongoing as well i'm kind of getting a little conflicting information about that maybe i'm confused. As far as I understand, Galaxies is
0: ongoing. Uh, it's okay. gonna be multi-part stories, but each story is, uh, is a new or at least different combination of writers and artists. Yeah. um who have a focus on a smaller cast of characters uh it's all being kept in in Canon but Gal- yeah, galaxies is is also bringing in like new writers which which i think is also a very interesting idea yeah uh, as a as a reader anyway like like I I love seeing more and more names on Transformers be it more artists more writers uh I understand like for the actual artists and writers working that does dilute opportunities to some degree yeah. where it's like you're being brought in to just you know work on two or three issues and i I hope we can find like the happiest medium of that but it is um, really exciting me that we're we're getting like multi-part spotlight stories that are also not by the same writer as the main book Um, Yeah, so it feels like new flavor uh, when when, when you're looking at it
1: I think I saw Brendan Easton I think it's it's going to be writing a couple of issues about uh, Ultra Magnus, like, but that's not yeah. like for a while. And I'm like, going, okay, all right, well, I look forward to reading what he has to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's that. There's also um, there's another galaxies um, one that's coming up uh, featuring Greenlight and someone else. I can't remember now. Yeah, who all is in it? Um, I
1: think I might have read a little vague something of that too. Going, okay, all right, sounds sounds good. I can't wait to oh, read it. I only have one yeah, issue the- right now. <laughs>
0: The uh, the second the second one's gonna be a cliff jumper uh, story oh, uh, okay. written by Kate Leth and Cohen Edenfield uh, with the Milne Perez combo on art. Nice. Um, and then the third one is uh, RC Greenlight and their menti gauge, and that's gonna be written by oh. Sam Meggs uh, with yeah. art by Umi Miao. And uh, the fourth, yeah, the fourth one is uh, Brandon Easton with uh, Andrew Griffith and Thomas Deere on art uh, doing Ultra Magnus.
1: All right. Sign me up, I'm interested. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this sounds super. Yeah, I I already like this lineup a whole lot. Um, so yeah, and, and bring also bringing in like kind of like with um how the Visionaries crossover brought in writers kind of sort of from outside the normal Transformers field, like bringing in Sam Maggs um is and Kate Leth uh is also really cool like just more yeah. more voices who are going to work within this continuity uh and are voices is,
1: that we've never read in Transformers which is kind of nice I'm I'm li- I'm liking it I'm digging that
0: yeah like like there's always obviously there's always a risk when you have someone new coming in but but with the with IDW's editorial I found at least in the last few years anyone anyone who's a new voice writing on Transformers the, it it gels what like is one way or another um, yeah. and uh yeah, Gal- Galaxy is gonna be interesting to look at. all all these books, my main thing uh, actually with the ongoing, but somewhat for galaxies is uh, I feel like the it's a weird thing to say about comics. I feel like the serialization and the way that they're released issue by issue is kind of is exacerbating some of the decisions made creatively. Um, Like having a slow burn political buildup to the Cybertronian Civil War, uh, where it's also we've had 13 issues in like six months. Uh, and it seems like the goal is maybe at the end of the year, th- the war will start to come together. I'm really curious how this reads as a trade when all is said and done. Um, And that there are times, especially with that bi-monthly schedule, where I was thinking, would this have come off better to me if i was just handed you know six issues of it at once um but that you know does that even work for for the comic medium i don't know that's that's a
1: good question to ask because um i've kind of thought that too because when i first started when they first well i'll just say this is how my attitude was toward it is that oh well nothing's really going to be importantly happening for the first six issues and I was hmm. kind of right, I mean we didn't really get that whole rebel the rubble death thing I think until was episode eight issue eight oh, I think. something like that yeah and I was like I was kind of I was sad that that happened because I kind of liked the guy after <laughs> the build up to this you know this wonderful little guy who he was, and then they ripped it away it's like no <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I definitely it. wanted to see what happened after that and I thought things were really going to ramp up and then here I am at issue 13. I was like, well, actually it kind of didn't ramp up the way that I expected it to.
0: Yeah, like they're they're still doing stuff. Like yeah. I I'm, I'm i really like this take on Sentinel Prime, like the um this the, the series of panels where he's sitting in in the you know, oh. the throne room, <laughs> just sinking into his chair more and more. <laughs> like
1: that was awesome. And I laughed at that. I looked at that and said, Oh yeah, he's his patience. He's sinking into that chair. I was like any second he's gonna jump up and say something completely random and make us go, Okay, that was fun. But yeah, no, then, he just and he got just, up like, and
0: he slams a fist and he's like, "All right, martial law." <laughs> Anyone with that with that symbol, if you don't got, if you're not part of the rise, you got nothing to worry about. But also, the police are going to just start coming into the street. It's all going to be fine. Uh, or, or that that there was another panel um, right after Megatron. You know, he it's that whole sequence of events. He's yelling at Soundwave, who's just motionless. He he throws a desk at the wall. Soundwave finally pipes up. And just goes like you know you, that's, gonna, um, that's gonna that's gonna it's gonna diminish the ability for those those shieldings to keep our conversation confidential. Yeah. Uh, and the <laughs> moment he says that, someone leans in the room and says Megatron, Optimus is calling. And Megatron just like <laughs> head back, staring at the ceiling. And says, "Of course he is." <laughs> like, I, I I love seeing this Megatron um, as like There's something about this Megatron I'm really liking uh, where he's he is just a he is a failing. Completely misguided, hubris laden politician who is committing war crimes of some kind, uh, and it's just he he thinks that he has it all under control, and he would if he if if everyone else was not you know.
1: But that yeah, that's <laughs> in fact, he points that out. He's like, "You guys, we have to be carefully controlled." And I'm like, "Yeah," because that's your mo, but this isn't the mo of everybody else, and I think he realized that at that point. He went, Ugh. He didn't say it, but I was the one going, yes, you're working with imbeciles because they don't, they're not going to do what you expect them to do, which is part of the chaos that you've already created. But if you were thinking that they were going to be on the same program, I was like, yeah, this is not the same Megatron where he said all of the things to motivate people to do it exactly his way. It's, this is... I have a vision, and everybody else has their own vision and we're all firing on fifteen different versions of that vision
0: <laughs> yeah he's he's almost he's a little bit of a puppet to a degree where he he wanted he wanted to do something and he keeps adjusting it to to match the actions of the, you know, terrifying individuals he's decided to hire. Yeah. Because uh, there was something about that scene with Shockwave. Like, just the fact that Megatron, he's not intimidated, but also Shockwave is unintimidated by him. Yeah. Uh, and then similarly with Soundwave, like, that there are people that Megatron has in his hire that he assumed he would be the boss of, and they're very clearly like, well, no, we are working, uh, we're working for you, but we don't you know
1: we're well, not and that's subservient. not how they're they're partners they they shockwave said that it's like we are partners which doesn't yeah. make him any more over than him so it's like if you were thinking that i was under you it's like we're partners here and i'm like yeah he's totally misjudged the situation <laughs> yeah well, i also when, it w- that was one part that i was like okay this is interesting and, and it
0: highlights that, like, Brainstorm's death, for instance, was, like, that was not part of the plan, in mm-hmm. fact. <laughs> like, the fact that, that it turns out—the other thing I like about this Megatron—death of other individuals was not actually part of the plan. Like, he's not horrified by it, he's more annoyed by it, but I like that that wasn't his idea going in, was to, like, start killing people.
1: And he's not uh, going to stop it, either. I mean, he said, please don't do that anymore, but he's not really going to do anything about it, to be honest, other than say words—
0: yeah, well, the, the fact that he pivoted into that propaganda video, I thought was <laughs> was awesome too. Like, I don't know, yeah. like he's he's not you know he's not a, a personally inspiring story on the degree of of IDW V one Megatron by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also glad that he's like a lot of these characters, even when they're a bit sloppy in their delivery, they are aggressively not being what we're comfortable with, and I, I kind of like that. Yeah, um, it makes I, for I,
1: good conflict
0: yeah like i just i want this book to take risks and and even though like the the tone is is still fairly uh low-key like it's like the meta on the meta reader writer level the risks are being taken and like the conflict that's where the conflict almost is yeah uh so I, i'm i'm still really into it and i want to see where it goes and I, I don't think it's it's like it's kind of like you like i don't I, I don't think it's bad uh i enjoy it i have trouble like really like slamming a fist on the table and like standing up for it because most criticisms tend to be pretty solid but yeah uh i, I would still recommend checking it out if you've like been off it whole like whole scale um like it, it it's it's bringing in a lot of familiar faces like they they have now had the cybertronian leadership return to the planet so there's more characters and, and the the energy has picked up as soon as that ship landed like oh, we yeah. had that we we had Starstream and Sentinel Prime pop up. We had uh, we had that great Nautica issue. Almost it was yes. a bit of it wasn't like a filler issue, but it was this aside that I thought was also really helpful to like just pause and go. Hey, listen, Nautica is not your Nautica, but she looks kind of similar, and here's who she is.
1: Well, I thought uh, what was really great about that is it articulated her character fairly well, but it also hmm. gave a little bit of impact of okay, so we've got this stuff going on on Cybertron. And Sentinel is out doing this other stuff, and oh yeah, there's other conflict, and so I'm kind of curious to see how much the Voin um, conflict is going to start ramping things up politically on Cybertron as well, just because Mm. there's other conflicts afoot. It's not just about what's going on with Megatron's idealism of what their society should be, but there's also this outer conflict as well, which could be a really great distraction while things are building up. And so I'm kind of, I'm hopeful for that. I'm hopeful that mm. the, the Voin conflict that started with, with Nautica, it either blows back in their faces or, you know, picks up and does something. Cause that's, that's one of the best things about conflict is if you're, if you're stirring something and you're trying to build something up and you have something come in there, that's a distraction to everybody else to, pull it along i mean one of the one of the shows that i've been really loving right now that i've been watching and i've been reading the books is the expanse mm. by james s.a corey and that he is brilliantly doing that they start a war to basically hide the the buildup. of of this other conflict that's going on and it's just it's brilliantly executed but i kind of hope that that's what the voin issues are going to do is it's like it's going to come in here as a big distraction for a while it's going to cause a lot of political stuff while Mm. they can build what they need to build to make the other conflict of the their actual civil war on their own planet pull off and so it'll I, i i don't know i i've got high hopes for it it means it'll be a whole lot longer than a year's worth of comics in before we get that civil war and i'm all right with that as long as it pulls off right i want to yeah. i want the justification of that to be well pulled off and so that, far that's... i'm just not feeling it
0: that's that's the void that we're kind of stuck in right now in talking about a a, a book, you know, that's in the midst of its build up uh, yeah. is like a lot of my my positive sentiment, you know, like what will it be 2 years from now? I'm not sure. Um although like like what I'll say is at the outset, one thing I think I said somewhere was I would actually be into it if they waited like two entire years before the civil war starts because i was I was so sure it was going to start by month six yeah uh that I, so I, there i have a long i have a very long and open road of um of uh, patience for the book mm-hmm. um, as it is now, because uh, I, I do see so much potential in it, even if it has been wonky getting getting its feet on the floor. Um, like you were saying, have like just the fact that in this continuity, the Cybertronians actively work with other alien races. Uh, is is a completely different angle, um, especially like in pre war Cybertron, and uh, and having a character like Nautica be this sort of new experience of a Transformers uh, character, Cybertronian, who is like Xeno relations. Uh, yeah, I love that. that. like that was that was just some what i used used to say this all the time about about one like that was just some good sci-fi like having having her walk into the the ambassador's room and like have to do like speak in a certain way while speaking in their language and do certain body language and like then telling road rage to do it as well yeah Uh, i thought that was was, really
1: nice because it was such a different flavor that we've never seen in transformers comics or even in their story i mean go back through all of the stuff that we've seen over the years, even in any different, you know, like whether it be TV, media, whatever. Um, We haven't ever seen that. So that was kind of nice to see that. And I really liked that. I thought they picked a really good character for that. Nautica having that ability to do that, or that's, that's her passion. That's what she's doing. Um, It just, it may, it, it opens up so many possibilities of the future because I think sometimes when we've been in Transformers, we're so stagnant in the fact that their conflicts are always just between each other, but there's mm. a whole big wide world out there. If you're going to tell a sci-fi story, you might as well just start building other things as well. And maybe that was the risk they took when they started the end of IDW 1.0, where they brought in this massive, Continuity, this expanded universe, and they pulled everything together. But there were a few gems that came out of that. And so I hope that they've kind of gotten a few tips from that and are going to be more guarded about how they expand that universe but so far i'm seeing what i'm seeing is really going to be cool i i i look forward to what that will be in 10 years how they can mm. build that into something else how they can build upon that in different conflicts you know i mean cuz that's really i i keep on trying to tell myself yes it was easy to pick up 1.0 because we had ten years of storytelling behind it, and this has only had six months. So I'm like, that's mm-hmm. why I look at it, and I think, yeah, it's not really misfiring. Everything that they're building has so much potential, which is fantastic. Um, I just think for this, what the I think Galaxies is being put out there at the perfect time when things could easily start like looking bad. And so I hope that galaxies is the interest that kind of pulls the people in, in the ways that they need to. And maybe if you're not reading the ongoing issue to issue, maybe you're binging it like uh, every six, six issues or something. I mean, they they do have a trade that's coming out of the first 12 issues, I want to say. And um, Hmm. that'll be soon i've I'm i been getting it on digital so i haven't actually been walking into a comic shop to get my stuff sorry yeah me too me too, but, me too. <laughs> you know i'm i'm anticipating getting that that trade i think that what they're building is going to pay off we just have to be patient and see where it goes um and that's again like i said it's it's that's why i'm giving it a lot of I love it, but I I mean, I like it, but I don't absolutely love it because it's just not pulling up enough. But, you know, that doesn't mean that I mean, I guess after all of the years of reading comics, I've seen good and I've seen some not so good and I've seen some stuff that I just didn't like. And I think that they're trying to do a little bit of both and it's going to take a little bit of patience and time. But nothing that they've done is can't be if another writer came in and went a different direction there's nothing here that they couldn't pull from and you know move into something that's a little bit more paced like what I'm looking for mm-hmm. and I know some people are going to be like, "Yeah, well, I still like it because I like what's what's doing is that and that's true, but I just I want to be a little more wowed than what I am, and maybe after you know reading. 10 years worth of comics, you know, I I have gotten to a point where I'm like, "Eh, I don't want a novel. I want an actual comic. That's going to go somewhere with the conflict a little bit quicker than this. And that's, 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 that's a personal opinion. I completely say that's my personal opinion. If I wanted a novel, I would definitely pick up a novel and have a novel pace. And I've definitely done that with other other franchises and stuff. Um, comics, I think they just need a little bit more pop than that. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I mean, it definitely can't get any worse. I, I guess it, it, it could, but I hope that it, it doesn't. It could. <laughs>
0: the, the, the next issue could be like uh, just Megatron like going full 80s cartoon villain out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> off all that stuff. I hope it doesn't go that way. Geez.
0: I, I think I think at this point they've proved that that is absolutely not the intent of the writer. No. Uh, and and something something else that I I wanted to to bounce off of this is I, I think that this book like this book is is written by someone who clearly read and enjoyed uh, the previous IDW series, not just from you know a lot of very very specific character um cameos. Uh, but, but also like going off that, I think that there's a lot of tone in here that reminds me of the, you know, the quote unquote phase two books, Mm -hmm. um, as far as ideas, the thing about the phase two, um, stories in IDW, like, you know, some of the most lauded stories in that, in, in our entire like franchises, comic history, uh, those were also all coming off of six years of other stories that they were able to reference and sometimes yeah. improve to a certain degree. Uh, and this book feels like it's referencing several years of a book that was that never actually came out uh, okay. at some points. Like you were saying, like when they reference a lot of old history and, and the way they do a lot of their world building kind of offhand and in a way I enjoy, it it is also at the price of like... This is a brand new book and it's acting like the world's always been there which is a risk I enjoy but but it, it is at the sacrifice of a lot of pace I find mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, I have, I have I have a lot of hopes for it, uh, and and I like a lot of those those character throwbacks. Like it was fun seeing Freud again as you know basically <laughs> just as a psychiatrist still, but with a, a slightly more benevolent personality, not entirely, just slightly. Uh, I also adored seeing Heratek again in that <laughs> specific role. Yeah, that like Her- was a borderline like panel gag. Uh and now Heratek is the leader of a of a highly religious political party, but his name is Heratek?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That was just <laughs> uh That was really fun to see. I mean t- to give it a little bit it's he's not just a gimmick now, he's got a little bit more t- something to him. It's like okay, all right, let's go with it, man. The name is yeah. a little off putting, but you know what? We'll make it work. <laughs> if we can like a character <laughs> called Freud and not, yeah. you know, take the reference with that. I mean
0: yeah. He's still he's still heretic, he's, a, he's high, a highly religious political leader, and he still has an upside-down matrix on his forehead. <laughs> uh, something about oh, that I really goodness. enjoyed. <laughs> um, no, I
1: like what... I I actually kind of like the fact that I I he can't go through... I don't want... I didn't ever want Ruckley to go through and just completely cast off all of what the characters have been in the past. I mean, any time that we get a new story, whether it be in... You know the, the the TV media. I mean, we've got lots of that. Every single time, you know, as opposed from Prime, Transformers Prime to Transformers Animated to Cyberverse, to you get a different flavor of each character. They're still them, but they're going to focus uh, their characterization a little bit different direction. I didn't ever expect him to, Ruckley, to come in and say, okay, this is Nautica. She's going to complete completely different person. There's a flavor. Mm of what she was from Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye. There's a flavor of that. And I like the the fact that there's a little bit of a hint of that, but he's definitely going to do something slightly different. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's okay. It's quick characterization without like being, oh, I want to tell you everything about her right now because you don't want to slow the story down, but you do want to give a flavor of that. And I think he's doing that well. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Even in Sentinel Prime, he's he's doing what what I always call it is he's he's kind of oh well, not always but recently he he's sort of evergreening a lot of these IDW um, characterizations yeah. and, and personalities so that it's like they're becoming they're becoming just this this mythology flavor now that mm-hmm. is across continuity where you know when this Nautica shows up she's clearly Nautica she's she's not the the precise Nautica that we read for for many years but there is like when you see when you read the issue it's like. No, but obviously though this is a Nautica, um, you know of of that character type, and and Sentinel Prime, uh, is very much like yeah, this is Sentinel Prime, the almost despotic and kind of unfriendly leader of a pre-war Cybertron. Uh, he's he's not literally the like Titan Master Space racist from IDW one, but. <laughs> You know, there's there's still stuff going on that, that is it's it's an evergreening of some of those concepts. Freud as well. It's just, like if, if Sunder shows up in this as obviously Sunder but also a different Sunder, I'm gonna be so happy to see like evergreen Sunder. Uh but uh, that you mentioned Cyberverse. It seems like it might be a good time actually to transition over to the other part of uh, what I wanted to talk about, which was Cyberverse, which is our freshest cartoon yeah. that isn't Rescue Bots. Uh, I always feel bad, but I always want to mention, like, I'm just, I, I missed Rescue Bots for the most part, Aww. I do want to go back and watch it. Cause I, I watched a lot of the first <laughs> season and I liked it. Uh, and it is now the longest running transformers. Uh, it cartoon. Is,
1: which was brilliant. I was so happy that that happened. I mean, cause usually, and, and, you know, mark my words. I, I, it, well, I'm hoping that Cyberverse doesn't go this route. Every, we only get three epi- three seasons of anything, and then it gets canceled, and we start all over again. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want it to go longer than three seasons. If I love something particularly well... Please, for the love of all that is awesome, let it go longer than three seasons.
0: I was talking to some friends the other day um, about Cyberverse, and and between the three of us, it kind of coalesced of like, you know, Rescue Bots was the longest running cartoon in Transformers history, but also it's over. <laughs> and yeah. and you know there is a uh, maybe time to have an even longer running one and yeah, honestly i'd be cool with it being cyberverse
1: i would uh, be too I, I agree with that
0: like, like, uh, again, like, like with the comics, just quickly before we get super plot deep. Cyberverse, it's ten minute episodes, boulder media, non um union actors. Uh, a whole lot about it on paper. Also bumblebees, amnesia, a lot of flashbacking. This was all the the on paper bulletin points before anyone saw episode one. and it 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 put little worries in my head of like, and I'm sure this is gonna be fine, but I'm also worried this might be throwaway. I'm coming off of the taste of the machinima trilogy. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm really freaked out that that might be seen as a standard to like that that might be seen as a bar oh, as please. opposed to
1: a low. Shut your mouth! I do uh, not want to hear that. Please do not promise that because that's four hours I will never get back. And, and I've I still never haven't properly ranted about
0: it. I still I still haven't finished Power of the Primes, and oh, someday I will.
1: It's not uh, worth it, please. It's not I still, worth
0: it i still never heard ron perlman say a word as a transformer
1: uh <laughs> as much as but, i'd like uh, to say I, it's it would be awesome to hear that but at the same time i'm like uh, i yeah, really I mean, I, I, did not like how they did things with that the acting was not the problem i liked no, the voice was, actors i liked how they emoted i just they, everything they else was not good
0: they were working through a a molasses uh, of of stench. Uh, their performances were not... the their Anytime the performances suffered, it was either... There were two reasons why a performance suffered in the Machinima trilogy. Either a just absolutely deafening lack of any direction for the actor, uh, or the actor was a YouTube creator who was brought in so they could say, we got Matt Pat to play Computron. Yeah, and and like we didn't even cast based on Computron, we just cast based on we want to say Matt Pat is in our YouTube show. Uh, I I I have a little library of Vine and Twitter videos from watching the first two parts of the trilogy, and boy was it, boy was that fun. Do you remember? Man, now I'm remembering. I forgot about this. You remember when Fortress Maximus, the city, wakes up, and it's like this eight year long sequence that was actually about a minute and a half, uh. but it just went on forever. <laughs>
1: they remember, made it, uh, they found a way to make something that short seem like it lasted forever remember Dead Jason stump. David
0: Frank's iconic performance as emissary <laughs> the, the answer is probably no no I don't no, no yeah. one does it was just Jason David Frank yeah uh anyway, Cyberverse is better than the Machinima trilogy. Oh yes, please uh, don't don't
1: the the fact that we're talking about that does not necessarily mean that it is anything like it's light years difference. There's a light years difference here. After the first season, I, I I'm gonna boldly say that this is the potential to be the best Transformers out there. Out there. To date. Like I love animated, but this feels like it could be just as good, if not better, than animated. And I hope and pray to Primus that we get more than three seasons of this. And that's yeah, just saying, after seeing the first season and going off a little little rant on Twitter, how the stuff that I did like about it, and... Just saying, I want more. I, I, I want to be cautiously optimistic about this, but I have so much love and affection for, for Cyberverse, which is really saying a lot because I've only seen a season. And yes, there were only 10 minutes each, but I binged like the whole thing within a couple of, like, you know, I sat down and did not want to stop watching it because I was so happy with it. Yeah. It just, it's hitting the sweet spot. It's almost like they're taking all of Transformerism transformers dumb and picking out the cream of the crop highlights of everything and slamming it into one to show and they haven't misfired yet and yeah it's, going, and it's mm. 18
0: episode seasons as well so a season of this show is three hours long uh it's it's not a big time sink and if you don't especially in season one if you don't like an episode early on like skip it you're skipping ahead five to seven minutes by yeah. that point like it's fine. Like, like I, I've been asked like if I want to watch Cyberverse season one, and I found it boring at the start. Like, I I agree. I think it had a very weak start. But yeah. like, I I tell people like go to the the Velocitron episode, go to the Macadams episode, uh, and then go to Teletron uh, X and just start watching from there because that's where it serializes. And and it, it's it. I would say this is, and I'm not even like being in. I don't try. I'm not trying to be. Um, uh, How do you put it? Antagonistic when I say this, like I I feel this way after season two, especially this is that, this is that G1 cartoon that the fan base wanted ever since uh, the, the aughts. This is that do G1 again, cartoon series. That everyone wanted. It is just doing G1 again with almost no human characters. Another thing that all the fans wanted back then. It's referencing tons and tons of Transformers (laughs) continuities and material and building them into the world like people always said they wanted. Uh, I mean, this comes with a caveat. G1 was always a kid's show. So if you wanted something that was like a modern G1, this is kind of it. Like, this is a modern good transformers kids show uh that that has hooks for older fans is what i'll say and and i want to i want to get into like talking without worrying about saying spoiler stuff now so I'll, yeah. just, before we do that i'll just say if any of this has made you interested it is it is 3 hours a season you can skip the first like hour of season 1 if you really want to uh and and give it a try. I mean, it's current season 2 is "quote unquote" currently airing. It it's it wouldn't be a Transformers cartoon if after season 1 an entire season hadn't aired ahead of schedule in another country or continent and it has. That's true. That's uh, very true.
1: I think they're up to I, like what? Now we're up to 6 episodes in second in the second season. So, it's not too far into it, but
0: just enough. officially, yeah. Uh, the uh, the entire second season though did air already in I believe New Zealand. Um, and I, yes. I, I, have watched the whole thing on daily motion. So it's, that's it's all where
1: there. It is there. And I, that's where I've been catching up as well, because I honestly don't have the channel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have cable. I'm, if, I'm a cord cutter. So. Daily motion wasn't out there. I probably wouldn't get a chance to see this. So,
0: yeah. Uh, and, and I like that they are putting, um, episodes up on YouTube. It's just like, if you want to watch it there, it is going up a bit slower. And maybe by the time they're all up there, you'll be more into like watching the rest of it. But, uh, I I want to ask you now, now that we're going to lift that spoiler (laughs) warning veil, uh, so that season one, uh, a bunch of interesting episodes, kind of fun. That then Velocitron episode happens. And it's like, oh, also, we just murdered Blur kind of horrifically on screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, he just dissolved to dust in front of Bumblebee's eyes. Uh, that episode, I was like, that one, and then go. it was that, followed by Shadow Striker, uh, followed by McAdams, and I was just staring at the show like, wait, what, you, what is this show now? Like, you you misled me with those first, like, seven episodes, that first hour, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely presented a different tone and uh for the i for the better game. like it
1: it felt like it really just upped its game suddenly and i went oh okay it is off yeah. this is good i the mcadams one i and this is a point that i just you know there's something really brilliant about that guy and i know it's kind of like mm-hmm. this they have this little thing like oh yeah like you know they 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 have this little rumor going around that he's like one of the you know the 13 primes and i just had a little giggle to myself when they did that because it's like well he is
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they made
1: it so tongue-in-cheek that it was like it was so perfectly well played and they're still kind of they don't believe it and i'm like going oh that's that's really really smart and i have to say after that point i kind of stopped the show i went Let's look back and analyze a little bit because I can't turn my brain off on stuff. I actually kind of liked how they did the first opening of of the show. I know at first I thought, oh, Bumblebee's so painfully, you know, he's painfully juvenile. <laughs> but, you know, they were really brilliant about taking uh, taking this situation, especially as they go through season one and you actually find out the same story that we've heard before where Megatron is the one the reason why he has no voice um but he they took the situation and they made it resonate in a way that i don't think i ever liked that they ever really felt like they did a good job and they actually did a good job mm-hmm. um and i can appreciate the story choices that they made from the very beginning now looking back that was one of the reasons why, uh, I think I watched the first episode, the first two or three episodes, and I just didn't get into it. And then I finally said, okay, I've got to sit down and w- watch this show, because the whole thing is out, and the se- second season's coming, and I, I want to make sure that I'm ready. And so I went down, and that's when I actually sat down and soldiered through the first three or four episodes, and then went, okay, now it's not irritating anymore. <laughs> but then I looked yeah. back, and I went, oh, wow. That's actually really good how they did that. I actually kind of like how they pulled off the bubble bee thing. They made it basically, he's really juvenile, and he doesn't remember anything. And Windblade shows up and says, hey, you know, why are you just agreeing to everything I say? Oh, my gosh, you don't know who you are. (laughs) And so we go into the situation where she goes inside his head um, because she's a city speaker, and she's able to, like, start directing, hey, oh my gosh, you've all this damage got done, we don't know what's going on here, but let's find out what's going on. Let let's You need to find out who you are again. And mm-hmm. while he's inside of that's, his headspace, now he can properly talk. And I thought, wow, that was really cool to see. One, we see the outward, how that's affected on him, but the inside, when they're in his head, they can still build his character. And that was one of the things that I thought really didn't work in a, other series as you know we had transformers prime where he had no voice we had the movie verse where he had no voice and we never really got to really connect with that character because quite literally you are it's hard to, to connect to a character that can't speak and doesn't use any other forms of communication except the radio, which blunts your ability to really care if you don't really, uh, if you can't resonate with that character, you don't care about him. And mm. it, it's turned into this joke, right? Like, oh, yeah, Bumblebee has no voice. And it's like that they, they turned around and did that. But yet. They turned around and actually gave us an opportunity to really build an idea of who he is because in his own head, he is who he is. And we got to see that. And I thought that that was really brilliantly done. If we're going to give you this, we're going to give you the opposite of that. And now we can actually build this character. So now here we are in season season two, and I actually genuinely care about what's going to happen to Bumblebee.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it also didn't help that like the 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 prime not not primelry but I guess the the main era of of Radio Voice Bumblebee was also he like in the movies outside like his own film finally managed to to make a character who I would feel for in that situation by making the character Kind of have a character, I guess. Yeah. Um, but but like in in the live action films beforehand, he was not only radio voice Bumblebee, but he, he spent a lot of his time just in action scenes beating up stuff, and that was sort of it. Yeah. Uh, and and Prime Bumblebee, you know, managed to break away from that to some degree. But in in a larger cast where he still was, you know, there are entire episodes, uh, runs of episodes where he's just sort of chilling out and going beep boop, and he's Bumblebee, and that's it. And that that's yeah. fine. But yeah, like like we we got to see sort of the the origin of this bumblebee and and like you said the way megatron messes up his voice had actual like uh, emotional impact as opposed to this horrible monster you know, also ripped out his throat, like in the original movie-verse. Uh, yeah. Or in, in the Bumblebee movie, even, it's this this one Decepticon, you know, uh, enforcer, you know, to, to just, like, torture him, like, ripped his throat out, and he was about to shoot him in the head, and then it turns out didn't. Um, in this one, it was, like, this almost, like, l- this level of betrayal uh, that happened. Yeah, because um, I think at
1: that point, I mean, after that happened, Bumblebee, it, it seemed like he liked Megatron. Then Megatron did this really terrible... <laughs> really terrible thing to him and we see the emotional impact of that because here we are now into the future he's going back and remembering the loss of those moments and it does have some emotional impact on me as a person like oh i didn't just feel pity for him now i actually feel empathy because Before, I was like, oh, it's really sad that his character can't talk. Now it's like, oh my gosh, Bumblebee liked, he really liked Megatron, and Megatron ripped his throat out, and here he is years (laughs) later, and he can't remember any of this, and he's learning this again he's basically being traumatized by it again in his own Mm -hmm. head because he's remembering that memory and now i suddenly feel a complete different emotion for this character i don't feel pity i feel like genuine empathy and sympathy for that and now i kind of start to tear up a little bit (laughs) just even thinking about it so i'm like that's the emotional impact that's really working well in in cyberverse
0: Oh yeah, the the McAdams episode as well. Like, like the the Velocitron episode is a touch point for everyone because I think that's where the biggest swerve happened tonally. Yeah. Um. But really, it's the McAdams episode that started my favorite theme of this whole show, even in season two, which is, uh, the notion that all these characters, villains and heroes, they all lived in coexistence at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all we're all pals, and like showing McAdams like slowly emptying as the war picked up. Uh, oh, yeah, there, that there's was like brilliant. This, yeah. yeah, there's this like really interesting like societal tragedy to cyberverse and they they pick it up again in season 2 with the um the the Truce episode. Oh, I haven't uh, got that far like,
1: yet. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's
0: it's oh, it's the one that just went up sorry, Parley. Um, parley, okay. Uh, par, yeah. Parley. Uh that episode is 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 a soft sequel to McAdams is what I'll say. Uh, okay. As far as like implying that like, you know, just like, like something in Transformers that sometimes happens is it's It's implied yes they this is a civil war, they all lived in in a society at one point, but by the time we're in the present, they've all fallen into the roles for the most part of like heroes and villains uh in parley in parlay they 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 imply very clearly that all of these characters also quite clearly remember what it was like to still all be in coexistence on cybertron, yeah and they don't lean into it super hard but it it adds this this even more like tragic notion of like really they'd all love to get along in some degree uh but they're incapable of it <laughs> or wow. at least have been uh for so long.
1: Yeah, uh, really let me I'm going to have to... Now I have to go watch that. (laughs) Sorry. Because what was really great about the McAdams one is that you got, like, they were all hanging out in McAdams. You're building this, this relationship between Bumblebee and Windblade. In the meantime, though, you're also seeing, like sound wave dancing and being really cool he's got smooth moves and you're seeing different conversations going on megatron and optimus Prime are sitting in the corner having a talk and you know bumblebee comes up and interrupts them for a moment and you know megatron just casually ignores them it's just it's interesting you get all of this stuff revolving around this little bar scene and it's brilliant it's like the most yeah. brilliant episode out there and if, if that's where you start <laughs> believe me it's it's like the best place to start. Oh my goodness! Yeah.
0: No, par- parlay really touches on that episode again okay, in, in a fantastic way. I look forward um, to seeing that at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, season two is is, is well. Uh, season two is almost. almost it's not a different show, but season two made some incredible decisions as well. Just before we hit that, though, I wanted to also bring up um, from season one uh, mm-hmm. two other things that I think are real standouts that that have gone a little under the radar for people who haven't watched the show. Uh, one of them, there's no toys, so this has gone way under the radar. Teletran X is oh. fantastic.
1: Yes, he is. Uh,
0: and that that actor, as far as I can tell, that is that actor's first role as an as an actor.
1: Well, it's At least he's in, in, really good. Yeah, unless, unless I,
0: I uh, maybe I missed an IMDb listing or re- re- like misread something, but it, it, it looks like that's that, that actor's first acting role, and that's really cool because Teletran X is a a great modern take on the Teletran concept without rewriting the Teletran concept. Because uh, it's not Teletran 1, there is a Teletran 1. Teletran X is a separate component of Teletran 1 that operates in emergency scenarios.
1: Yeah, he was supposed to be like the drone that takes over when Teletran can't do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because he can become mobile. Yeah, he's like a little, just a little, he's a little um, like doodly-bopper, like robot floaty thing with a very emotive eyepiece. And, uh... (laughs) He within an episode he goes from being like oh this is, I guess is a neat concept to just being utterly endearing. Uh, Teletran X is fantastic, and thank goodness Teletran X sticks around into season two. Yes, uh, like end of season one, there is a moment that was borderline the most tragic thing I'd ever seen. When Teletran X is like I'm doing it, I'm fulfilling my function, then gets shot, and I was yeah. like you can't you yeah. can't do this to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it was funny because it just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't expect to care about this little thing, and then all of a sudden, within ten minute episode, oh my gosh, he's like the best. We're, you know, I hope he, I hope he's a series regular. And then, like you said, he got shot, and you're like, no, why did you do that to that little guy? He was great, but you know, it's, it, it pays off in a different way. So,
0: yeah, gonna... they, they made they made the best decision. Uh, they did in that finale. <laughs> Um, the the other character, though, that I think is really interesting to talk about from season one is Grimlock, who is <laughs>
1: yes.
0: is referential in several like, kind of like let's say a Bumblebee. They managed to reference both mute and non mute Bumblebee in the same character. Yeah. um Grimlock is G1 Grimlock referential, but also very different in a certain like the, the, the whole Grimlock shtick is you see him in the flashbacks. He has a mouth, and he's very talkative. He's like a silver bolt from Beast Wars of sorts. He's very articulate,
1: uh, like the articulation of how he says things and composes his words makes him sound very prim and proper, very like C C three PO. But at the yeah. same time, he's like likable. And then, yeah,
0: he, he's sort of a swashbuckler to a degree. Yeah, uh,
1: but he's like really and, articulate and like you know specific about things, and and I liked that. Then, I've got to say it, they they turned him into a space T-Rex, right? While he's yeah. in T-Rex mode, he's definitely the G1 Grimlock that everybody knows.
0: Yeah, they, they lay out he, he his T-Rex mode is, is exponentially more powerful because he reroutes brain processes into raw power yeah. when he turns into a T-Rex. So he gets dumb when he's a T-Rex. <laughs> and... The, and then the, the, even to the point where when he like he's on Earth in prehistoric times for plot reasons uh, by himself, he's trying to find other Autobots. For, like,
1: centuries, it's, like, sad.
0: For, <laughs> yeah, for centuries. And he's so upbeat about the whole thing. It was, it was, there's a lot of this really, like, understated tragedy in Cyberverse where Grimlock is, like, like, while he's on Earth, turns out he not only befriended most of the dinosaurs, but he, like, rebuilt the Ark Bridge and it works. And had a hot tub, and just hung out with dinosaurs, and he recorded a video for Future Civilizations when the meteor was coming that wiped out the dinosaurs, of him and all the dinosaurs getting ready to just friggin' fight the meteor. Uh, And he's like, you know, the power of friendship will... And, you know, it doesn't go well, but the 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 other thing is he's he's also astute enough where he's like all right i know that i get kind of stupid when i'm a dinosaur so i'll build a big shiny crown that i know dinosaur me will like and it'll blink a whole lot to make sure he gets back to the hidden base even <laughs> though that's me like there's something really fascinating and and, and just fun about that grimlock character it is uh,
1: it it's it, not only that is it also was a little comical in the sense that it was just it, it, you go with it. I totally bought it. That was the thing that got me. I was like, uh, I'm buying this. It seems so yeah. ludicrous, but yet I'm totally buying it. And I'm totally, this is working for me. And then n- now we're at a point where anytime he's in T-Rex mode he dumbs down but just as soon as he gets back into his regular robot form he's back to the articulate person so it's like he's got this dual personality ish thing where it, yeah and it, it works it totally works
0: <laughs> like i've seen people describe it as a jekyll hyde situation and i'm like yeah. i'm like it kind of is but the, the the interesting thing they're doing with him is it's not like grimlock and dino grimlock are not two separate people like they're still the same person yeah And they very it's made very clear when whenever he is like, you know, um, commenting upon like if he turns back into a robot, he'll like comment upon the situation and he will talk about what he just did, even though he'll it'll be clear that like, yeah, when I was doing that, I was not, you know, entirely of sorts. Like I was a little out of it because I was a I was a dinosaur, but that was still me. Uh, like the, 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 is early in season two, I believe that episode, I, I think it was early in season two when Wheeljack develops that blue energon. Oh
1: my gosh. That's the, that's the episode I just saw. And I was, it was hilarious. I loved. it. Yeah. Gr- Grimlock is <laughs> like
0: he, he, as a, as a robot, he takes a sip of it. Cause he's like, I want to throw a party because I'm a swashbuckler. It's what I do. He's like, Oh, you made some basically booze. I'm going to take a sip. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Turn into a dinosaur to start glomming the stuff. And it's like, all right. So he was, he was articulate and smart. Got a little drunk, decided he could drink more as a dinosaur, and then things went real bad. And, yeah, and the way they animated him running around, hyped up on the Energon, with, like, just the legs moving fast.
1: Oh, my gosh. I was just and dying
0: the, the whole episode, yes. Whenever he's running everywhere. And, like, wheel, uh, was it uh, Windblade is getting stuck in a bubble with him. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, it was <laughs> like he's stuck in a hamster wheel just yeah. to burn it all off, to burn off all the energy that he, you know, so he's got to run in that thing for a couple of days, and Moon blades like, for a few yeah. days?
0: <laughs> and the time cut, the time cut from her, like, sitting on his back to, like, and at the end of the situation, she's, like, sitting cross-legged, staring into space, <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> like I said, it's a uh, hamster wheel, so she's not going anywhere. She's just kind of sliding on this, this, this. Oh, it was great. That, that yeah, was hilarious. The-
0: yeah, Gr- Grimlock is a highlight of the show, and it's kind of, he is becoming the thing uh, I didn't expect, where there are plenty of toys of Cyberverse Grimlock, and uh, they're all wrong. Uh, <laughs> they haven't made one that hits it yet for me, properly for him, where it's like... A lot of the toys are trying too hard to be G1 Grimlock, if that oh, makes any sense. Yeah. And Maybe and they so should they go look-
1: back to the whole, you know... I want to say, because this is what I've seen in the show, it seems like the T-Rex version is very much the War for Cybertron aesthetic that we got yeah. in the Fall of Cybertron game. I know I'm coming back to that, because I really loved that. But, like... It really works. I really like how he looks in that, and it really calls back to that. maybe that's why, sentimentally, I look at it and think, "It's fall of Cybertron Grimlock." <laughs> but I haven't looked at any of the toys. But it seems like to me that no, don't don't make him G one. Try yeah, looking like, like, at a different version of him, which would be you know try that aesthetic and see if that works. <laughs> like he's he's his
0: toys are on model, but they always give him that faceplate with the the war within teeth on oh. the the outside of the jawline. Gotcha. And it, like he has that faceplate in the show, but they've never done a figure of him without the faceplate on. Ah. Uh, and and it, it feels like it's presenting and a lot of his action features tend to be very like you know berserker rage type stuff or like he has a s- seismic stomp and i'm like he i mean he does it in the show but there's there's no toy that that communicates to me the robot mode you know personality all that much yeah um and gotcha. i'm hoping with the with the deluxe line coming out that they they do that like they're finally going to do some real solid cyberverse toys uh that they announced recently and there's gonna be a build a figure McAdams in the first wave.
1: <laughs> oh nice. I'll have to start uh, paying attention to that now because that sounds I'm, kind I'm of interesting. Hyped. Yeah, the the first uh I think
0: it's the first eight figures uh all come with a piece of McAdams to make like a, a non-transforming
1: McAdams. <laughs> nice. Uh, it
0: looks it looks pretty cool. Please but tell uh, me that yeah. they keep
1: the eyes because that's one of the things that I really liked about that character. I really love the rung looking eyes.
0: Um, I'm going to find you a photo now because, uh, it, it totally looks like on model to me. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I've got to see this then.
0: Oh, here we go. It's like one of the first pictures in this link. Yeah. It, it, like he doesn't transform and they, they gave him a weapon so that he's an action figure. Um, okay. I
1: got to It's coming up,
0: but it, it very much looks like him.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Oh my gosh.
0: And he's just a ball, ball socket assemblies, so uh, you know he's a build a figure, easy to put together, and it looks like that means he has a torso joint. So Interesting. I'm, uh, yeah, nice. I'm excited about it. Okay, this might but, uh, this might
1: be something that I might get into because that looks probably really cool, really cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and and they did they did a bumblebee who has the door wings, but looks like cyberverse, which oddly has been difficult to catch in that line. Uh, I'm
1: scrolling down to see what else they have here. Ah, yeah, those
0: are those are the yeah. quote unquote deluxe uh, figures. So okay. they are, they just transform. They don't have an action feature worked into their body. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so like some of the Cyberverse toys, there's a few gems in there so far that kind of work around the necessity necessity of a gimmick in the figure, and s- still turned out all right. But mm-hmm. now they're just doing a dedicated line of like these are sort of like generations. And I'm okay into that, but uh, Cyberverse also, um, just going into season two, since you started season two, uh, season one told a story, and in fact ended in a way where I was like, This could have been the end of the series, like very open ended. Yeah. But I was like, this this was a way to end the series on a high note and in a way where it's like, you know, we love Transformers, and at the very end we can show you, Oh, look at all the Transformers that that are still around and alive and they're waking up. Season two makes this incredible decision to open with a gigantic time skip. Yeah. Where this is the best way I can put it. Season one is like a prequel to a G one cartoon. Season two is like a story that happens right after the G one cartoon that, that first season was a prequel for. They, they have a time skip where basically the G one cartoon happens to put it simply. And now we're back with them all. Uh, and I thought it was, it was fascinating because it meant we didn't have to go through story beats that we already know and love. And and that could have been kind of boring. Uh, also, this is their quiet way to get around having to animate any humans. Is all the humans are off screen. And
1: yeah, they talk, that's about it. They have no names.
0: Yeah, they're they're the people running the camera that we're watching. Uh filming these, you know, trucks and going like that thing was just a robot. So they got rid of the robot in disguise thing. They skipped over interacting with human society and having an entire G1 cartoon. The show opens on this basically end of a G one episode where the Decepticons have a doomsday device on the moon and everyone's having a fight, and it's like that's the episode. I was like, This is amazing, this decision. And and then it just moves into this story that uh means they don't really have to care about earth. They, like, it's like this whole story happens with earth in the background. Uh, it, it's, I, I thought a really cool decision. It, it loses some of the world building potential of the flashbacks. But mm-hmm. what, what I can say is I feel they still do some pretty good world building despite that, uh, through just conversations, uh, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and and just there's so much more character work happening in season 2 it's it's uh, an excellent excellent season 2 i feel like they really picked up in in the season um just thinking about the first 6 episodes anyway which i believe is is what you saw
1: yeah so um, i'm i'm at the one where bring me the spark of optimus prime that's and, hmm. and i was about to start the next one i was like oh no i got to get ready for the podcast <laughs> no and so I'm like I after this I probably will go and binge whatever else I can find at this point because it's that good I mean I'm really enjoying it and so I thought at first uh, the 10 minute segments when I first started were going to be a a problem of making me really love it again because Mm -hmm. of what we previously referenced that came before this which I will not say because I don't want to go back that way um (laughs) (laughs) But to be honest, I think that's actually worked in their favor because once they found their feet in the season, in the first season, it tightened their storytelling in a huge way. It doesn't seem like oh, a, yeah. any fluff. When I get to the end now that we're the, the, we're in season two, when I get to the end of the episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, only 10 minutes has gone by because it feels so compact. Like they really took advantage of every little second, every little minute that was in the show. And so after 10 minutes, it feels like I've gotten a really good bite of story and it doesn't feel like it's been 10 minutes. So yeah. I really like that. In fact, I, that was one of the things that I put out there that I thought it was a that it could possibly be one of the strengths of the show. And I got a tweet from one of the writers. I saw. And I was super <laughs> stoked because I did not expect that and they that was the thing that they did is that that they at first were this is what well roundoff heard basically said it says we were a little dismayed by the 10 minute format when we first started but as you might see when you get into the second season we found it made us write exactly as you say tighter just took a little while to get the hang of it and he said he was glad I was watching. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh my the, gosh!" I was really yeah the, thrilled about that. That, that
0: time limit. The, it, it's a it's a fillerless show by the time, in my opinion anyway. Like it, yeah. you can pick out stuff as filler, but I would call it just in a broad stroke sense a fillerless cartoon by yeah. the time you hit, you hit the end of season one, where it, it's like that. Yeah, they it the when I say this is a a better G one show, part of that is imagine G one episodes where it was only the cool bits you remember. And that's, that's kind of what this is. Like, this 10-minute episode length becomes a strength. It's it's just amazing. Like, th- there are shows that have made that length work. Like, you know, a easy, easy example of Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. But for Transformers and with all the other statements that came with that runtime, there there was um, – it's no disrespect meant to folks working on it. It's just that those were a lot of words that, that – They carried like a a sense of foreboding to them you know like we're gonna we're going for inexpensive production uh and non-union actors and 10 minute episode lengths and the it's just gonna be sort of one long story about bumblebee recovering his memory and i'm like that sounds like a web series and that's not a (laughs) bad thing but i i don't want a web series to be our primary cartoon uh i'd like something that's a little more intense and then boy howdy did it get intense uh yeah, it, and that's also one of the reasons why I recommend people watch the show because it is not a time commitment. This is not us no. telling you that you got to watch a fifty-two episode, half-hour anime series because it gets good fourteen episodes in. You know, no, it's like we're not telling you
1: good, like pretty much halfway through season one. I mean, it, it, the the first ones are not bad. I mean, they really aren't. They do kind yeah. of break you in at a certain point, but it picks up really quick, like within six episodes, which that, you know, that that's 10, 20, 30, 40 within, an, like you said, within an hour, you've got some really good storytelling and it builds on top of each other. And it, it, it's, it's quite entertaining. It's very yeah. good
0: like if, if you're gonna Stop skip that. one whole episode like maybe if episode three rubs you the wrong way i remember that one feeling like it was just a very like if there was filler in this entire show it was episode three for me mm-hmm. um that's the one that opens with like prime log and it's just like they go onto to an asteroid and, and there's a scary thing and that's about it uh past that it it's just up and up um and even that even that voice actor the, like i read up i didn't realize this <clears throat> the, the guy playing optimus prime in this show got famous for doing an optimus prime impersonation on vine
1: oh really <laughs> that's and, nice and and then he
0: like like he did it on vine got popular and then then he was on ellen because of his popular vine account are you serious
1: and- that's cool yeah
0: yeah, and, and that's, like, the story of how he became Optimus Prime in this show. Like He's very young. He's, like, early 20s or something like that. Wow. Uh, wow. And and he was also, unfortunately, like, my highlight of, like, if I had a thing to complain about in the first season early on, it was that his performance was directed to be this extremely monotone impersonation of Peter Cullen. Mm. Uh, in season two, I feel like that actor specifically really comes into his own. Um that actor is uh, Jake Tillman. Uh, he, in season two, he is picking it up, and there is an episode near the end of season two that is a little Optimus Prime-focused, and uh, I feel like he did so much work to make that performance kind of his own take on the character uh, and have um, layers to it uh, that, that I, I really enjoyed. Like he, yeah, that's... He... Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say him him coming or me being able to come around in his performance was like this big moment for me of like of like the one thing I truly was able to criticize about this show even that performance uh, in a, in a in a scenario where I'm not sure precisely what the voice directing situation was even like he he brought it up like like he did a good job and I was really impressed with what Jake Tillman was doing by the end of season two.
1: That's good to know um, because. I was that was the one thing I'd say if I was going to throw any criticism at Cyberverse is I care absolutely nothing for Optimus Prime and Megatron within the, mm. the, the the end of the first season just because they just seems like it seems like to me that they're playing like the ideal mythology of what Optimus Prime and and Megatron are they're not they're they're icons of what they what what they could be and so the fact that that they get out of out from underneath that in season two might be a good thing for that those guys because right now I, I really everything that Optimus Prime was saying was nothing but gravitas this, gravitas that which is kind of starting to get a little bit of overused and cliche for me for that character so mm-hmm. I really was just turned off sort of by it I know they were just playing the roles that they were supposed to play which worked but I was much more interested in all of the other characters I was much more interested in Bumblebee and Windblade and everybody else except those two characters because i thought uh they're just doing the same thing that's always been there it's the um like i said it's it's the it's just it's overused it's gotten to the point where i don't care about them which mitch you know i, I don't i don't want to be in that position where i don't dis- that i just don't like those characters i like them it's, but it's, it's it's hard to explain it's like ah uh, i've heard it so much that it just comes off as being that's they become the cliche of what they are ideally always played and that's not necessarily a way that you want a character to be at because then you don't care about them then they just become background background noise and it seems like to me here we are in season two and they start stepping forward and i'm like going, i hope they change a few things about this so to hear you say that about the actor that's playing optimus prime i look forward to that because right now i just don't care
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's um it, they're always the baggage that come with uh whenever transformers uses its new kind of evergreen approach yeah. to some characters yeah uh because you'll even like evergreen grimlock starscream and bumblebee always have room to wiggle but Optimus and Megatron are often more—they're like you said—they're—they're they're like background noise as opposed to, to individual presences. Uh, the episode you're about to watch, I think, actually Trials is where they start to do more with both of them. Gotcha. Um, The—the thing is with Optimus, what I'll say is. It's not. They don't really. He still is gravi- a gravitas generator, but they start to make that part of who he is as a character. If that makes okay. any sense.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, there's like this sort of. They they begin to grow a level of of at least writing self awareness about how he's always making speeches with no contractions. <laughs> um, yeah. And and they they kind of go into and, and Megatron, it's like in the McAdams episode. There's this hint of of mom, of a moment between them when they're both sitting at the bar and and Megatron and, and him are arguing about like what will become the civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, the they they start to bring that relation back into it in trials and parlay is all about that relation uh, as far as their part in that episode. Okay. Uh, all
1: right. Well, I look forward to being sold on that then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean I hope hopefully it hits you right. There's Megatron uh in 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 bring me the spark of Optimus Prime, I think there's some pretty cool stuff happening with Megatron already most mostly in how he's like he's making everyone try to you know vie for his favor yeah uh, as, as the synopsis says, and like is that the one that starts off with the 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 recorded message for the human population?
1: Yes, yes it is that and was he's amazing. spinning it he's spinning <laughs> yeah. it, and I loved that too. That was one thing. I was like, oh, this is the part of Megatron that I love is when he spins things to work for his favor. And you know, because he literally beat the tar out of Starscream and kicked he Beat him. the wow. literal
0: life out of Starscream. Yeah, like he, he, yeah. The the end of the Moon escapades is is Starscream makes a power play. Like they did the thing. They they did the thing with Starscream. They and they and they then reference the G one cartoon that happened off screen of Megatron just abusing him mm-hmm. and. And then Megatron's retaliation when Starscream, like, really just tries to kill him is, and he comes back and he, he just, just beats him to death across the entire Decepticon base and then throws him off the ship and, like, (laughs) There was this moment again like like kind of like the, this was like the velocitron episode where it's like suddenly tonally this got uh, like slightly dark
1: oh yeah uh they put him in a cell and got out his you know mace and was li- like just literally full stop for a tight writing episodes that they've been doing they spent a lot of time out of him basically and i was like yeah, oh my and- gosh
0: And the whole time, Starscream is going through like the entire the entire menu of every excuse he's ever had in every continuity. Of like of like you know like I didn't know you were uh you I, oh thank goodness you're alive gets beaten up <laughs> I was uh, I, I I've learned my lesson gets beaten up all right look I just wanted to to get your approval gets beaten up <laughs> like like it, it was and then the decepticon the other thing I really liked all the other decepticons are just watching and visibly uncomfortable yes <laughs> like there was uh, like maybe a slightly maybe almost too much of like allegories to actual physical abuse going on
1: yeah I, uh, I looked at it and as an abusive father, like this is what a kid would look at and say, It's like this is an abusive dad that they're gonna relate to Starscream in that sense, because that's basically what they're pulling it off as. I mean, that being yeah. said, I'm kinda glad in, in two twofolds. I always was irritated about G1 and the fact that he kept on betraying him and Megatron would never do anything about it, at least for full for two full seasons. And literally that was a lot for G1. I mean, we're talking about, like, what, back then it was, like, 26 episodes, something? Oh, it
0: was, like, the the second season was enormously long. Yeah, Uh, so it's like
1: he put up with it forever before he finally gets rid of him. And this, he puts up with it for a couple episodes. Not even that. Maybe two. And they just kind of, he just, they just show how he's betrayed him a couple of times in the little little flashback modes, like, really, really fast. And then he gets rid of him. He throws him out of the ship. And he... Balls it was just like such an image to see <laughs> Starscream. Well, this Scream. this was
0: this was where he he took it too far like that was yeah. the whole Is like it's like before he was just vying for leadership in this case he just he was like thought that he killed Megatron and had taken yeah. over and and that bit when like megatron like does just point the cannon at him like thinks for a second, then turns into a tank to shoot him harder <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was super cool uh. And, and and also like like bring me the spark. If I remember correctly, that gives us a lot of great snippets of Decepticons.
1: Yes, it does um, as
0: well. We we get our we get um, he pits Clover the Decepticons
1: and... against each other. He basically says whoever will bring me the spark of Optimus Prime will be my second in command and take Starscream's place. And yeah. then you're thinking, wait a minute, what what about Soundwave? Soundwave has always been his biggest loyalist, and then he that pits Soundwave against Shockwave, and it's Brilliant, because then they yeah, turn like, around t- and pit all of the other Decepticons against each uh, to t- against each uh, each of them, and it's just like, yeah. oh my gosh, the conflict was fantastic in that episode. And, and
0: so many, so many new, basically new characters. Like we're we're finally getting a chance to really get to know Shockwave after seeing him uh, here and there uh-huh. in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we like in that episode you start to actually get to know Shockwave, and we finally get to know Cyberverse Soundwave. Mm-hmm. And he, he like he's very much a Grimlock in that he's he's an evergreen sound wave, but he's very different. Like he's a very different take on the character that is still very true to a lot of the nostalgia hooks. Yeah. Uh you know, it's just fun things like the fact that he plays a soundtrack, literally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh <laughs> like like those those waveforms on his shoulders are real.
1: Yeah, his Shockwave uh, calls it his dramatics. And I was like, I love it. I love it.
0: Oh, and the, the tension between them. Like, like obviously, like, like I felt this when I saw it. And it's true. If you watch up to that episode, there are massive shipping uh, energies between the two that have <laughs> led to like you look up hashtag wave wave on Twitter. There's a oh whole lot gosh. of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's real. It's real good stuff. It's like the real like these two. These two hate each other. <laughs> Oh, but no. also, they, <laughs> that's the, like it's that kind of they hate each other, and I'm like, no, nah, I dig it, I dig it. Yeah. Uh, although, this is only
1: just going to feed more of that. It's going to be interesting to see how Twitter blows up over that. <laughs> I,
0: I I like I like wave wave, but what I'll say is, having finished season two, I am much more of a wait uh, a shock Jack um, <laughs> oh, type no. person. Because uh, you know how Shockwave and Wheeljack were kind of clearly inventor buddies in the McAdams episode, yeah so they lean into that in this season a little bit just in two in two spots okay. but okay i look forward to that what they show yeah what 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 they show you in mostly in terms of shockwave like it's very centric on him but it's like cyberverse shockwave is fascinating uh like like a lot of it's kind of between the lions but there's a really interesting character in in cyberverse shockwave yeah uh and then and then Lockdown and Clobber also, like their their models debut and then their their characters debut as well. And it's like, all right, these are clearly not Lugnut in any way, shape, or form, or Lockdown in any way, shape, or form. But I like these two.
1: Yeah, like they're really <laughs> good at it.
0: <laughs> they're just they're they're two career henches, you know? Like <laughs> that that have their own hopes and dreams that don't have much to do with being henches. Uh oh there's yeah season two yeah i i had a lot of fun with season two fantastic um
1: i i look forward to to watching more episodes now so
0: <laughs> i got i gotta ask you since you're you're just up to episode four mm-hmm. um what do you think is up with that yellow cat that's shown up all over the place
1: Oh, that's kind of interesting. I like that. Is It's the fact that, like, he keeps jumping through, like, this little space bridge thing. And I'm like, I don't know where it's going, but I'm really, really fascinated with it because it's that little mystery that they've only hooked... Slightly with, and so I'm not really sure at this point. I don't know if they've given me enough information for me to make any ideas, but I kind of wonder if he's able to make a space bridge himself, just because that's another thing that I really liked about what's going on with Cyberverse is that each one of the characters have their little gimmicky thing that they do, like this, like power up, like you were talking about, where they. Mm-hmm like bumblebee he's got the buzz the little stinger things that he does uh windblade's got her sword but then she's got her wind tunnel things that are on her wings she can actually use those as like like um boomerangs and can like they they do different things and i'm like oh i kind of like that and optimus primes i like what he does is like he's got this big ass giant shield yeah um, that the was the autobot cool. symbol shield yeah and, and you're <laughs> like especially when he and he and megatron you know, throw it down in the first episode of season two and he's like coming at him and he's got the shield in the front of him and they're like, you know, playing chicken and he just knocks him off his yeah. That was awesome. I was like going, Oh yeah, that is brilliant. I love that. But they're they're doing little things like that. So I'm actually kinda of wondering if Cheetor, the Cheetor character that they're basically teasing, if he's able to open space bridges, because that's every single time you see him he's jumping through something so he's getting away and i wonder if that's his gimmick so it'll be interesting to see where they go with it
0: <laughs> you the, already know uh, because pace-
1: you've gotten to the end of the season two i don't know if they pay off with that before but the end I, of season. i
0: binge season two in one <laughs> go is how good the pace of season two was oh, that, that's what i'll say like like you don't have to i'm like you don't have to wait Long to find out what's up with Cheetor. They don't okay. string that along so long that it becomes like, oh yeah, I almost forgot about this. Uh, and like like there's almost a mid season finale in season two. Oh that's good. Uh, yeah. Like it, which is weird because it's just gonna keep airing anyway. <laughs> but yeah, th- yeah there's, there's there's so much cool stuff in season two. And in the, the character work is just like even when it's over the top, it's like they're making the they're making a well intentioned decision that goes over the top. That's good and, though. Uh, Oh, yeah, and there's there's also a lot more for IDW fans coming up in the season. Like, there's uh, there's something that's very, not direct, but, like, feels very born out of the work IDW did. Nice. Um,
1: like I said, it's like they've gone through all of Transformer fandoms and, and, and franchises and different shows, and they've taken the cream of the crop, and they're packing it into one show. That's what it feels like. Mm. I mean, like, it, that that means that any comics... Shows, movies, TV, anything, anything that's out there that was like, just seemed to be real good, like a a very hot take on it. That seemed to, to be fresh and new, and it was a fan favorite. They seem to be really on par and really understand those beats, and they're putting that in here. And then, of course, they're oh, yeah. also taking new te- uh, They're they're doing slightly new things too. So it's quite fascinating how they're making it work for Cyberverse. If we haven't sold it by now, I don't think we'll ever sell
0: it. <laughs> well, there's there's two other there's two other bullet points in my head that I, I just want to touch on. One of them is a season two one. It's, it's, I'll keep this one vague. But you know, you know how the show is very—it seems very aware uh-huh. of kind of just Transformers as a franchise. Yeah, um, there, there's at least one time that this show very specifically puts in the same room Bumblebee, the kid appeal character, uh-huh. Hot Rod, the kid appeal character, and Cheetor, the kid appeal character. Yeah, they do. Like the three of them share share space in an episode in a way that feels so knowing that I, yeah. it's, it's like it's like Cyberverse is 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 one of the best ways to describe Cyberverse is like a, is like a best hits of Transformers and one of the ways it does it is like you know what if uh, all the kid appeal characters were just hanging out because we can do that and it's like all right you know I, like what if Bumblebee has a voice but also is silent because we can do that. You know, like they just mash it all together in, yeah. a, in a way that's really fun. Um well, they're doing it. There's, and it's
1: amazing. But they also have a couple of characters in there, too. I had to, I, I wrote a couple of notes because I was like, oh, they have Rack and Ruin, which was fantastic. Yeah. And Bludgeon. <laughs> they freaking have yeah. Bludgeon. I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect.
0: Oh, so, there's, and yeah, there's at least, oh, there's,
1: a, yeah. They Bludgeon do the Viacons, too. Viacon Steve. The Vicon yes. Steve dudes are back, and then they take it one step further and put the Autobot Daves.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Autobot Daves are, re- like, the fact that, um, the, so everyone wakes up in the arc, and I'm thinking in season two, oh, so we're just going to run with this cast of characters. It's like, yeah, also, there are, like, multiple squads of Daves, it turns yeah. out, that were on the arc. Oh and I'm like, gosh. Great. what? <laughs> uh... Yeah, the the Autobot Daves are fantastic. There's also eventually one that's that's red that isn't Ironhide, and that's it's a, all for the purpose of a gag, but it's pretty darn good. Nice. Uh, uh, the, the the other bullet point I really wanted to hit on this is this is very season one focused, but to me, part of the heart and soul of season one was uh, Slipstream and her seekers. Yeah. Uh, Where they're the the way they're presented is so fantastic. Slipstream is the leader of the Seekers, but she's very much presented as basically Decepticon middle management. Uh, (laughs) She is an accomplished military operator, but she has two bosses, Shockwave and Starscream, who do not work in concert with each other and often yell at her in conflicting ways (laughs) when they finally do show up. Uh, and she has a she has the seekers at her disposal. They're all very stupid, <laughs> yeah. not not in like a, a bad way. It's just like she has a squadron of inept seekers. She's out on the planet Earth with no other support. And there's something really endearing about Slipstream and the Seekers by the end of season one, where it's like I'm borderline rooting for them. Yeah, because it's it's like Slipstream. She's just working for a bad boss, but she seems like an an all right. You know, character and the Seekers, I would hang out with the Seekers. I mean, Thundercracker would get on my nerves eventually, but <laughs> the the Seekers seem like just they seem like people I'd love to have as co workers. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like I, they're, I there's something with really that. fun about that. Yeah, them.
1: I, I really agree with all of that. Oh my gosh. And the fact that like we know they've already done within season one, they've already kind of built that the you know, Windblade was actually supposed to be one of them. Yeah. That was kind yeah, of cool it, too, so.
0: Yeah, And and the, the there's a slight implication from a flashback episode that, like, airborne Transformers are kind of upper class. <laughs> and then w- when you look at the Seekers and how inept they are, you're like, yeah, you all failed upwards. You're a bunch of upper class <laughs> flying Transformers who got that job because you turned into a jet. And <laughs> none of you are actually very good at it. And I, I like how... I like how much they're a goon squad. Like, it's it's really fun. I was terrified during the season one finale that some of them would end up falling into the lava. Uh, and I'm happy it didn't happen. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like them a lot. Um, yeah,
1: it seems like the only character that they've actually killed was just Blur.
0: Yeah, I, he had it coming. He had all that hubris. Yeah.
1: Sorry, all the Blur fans will be really sad. <laughs> The one-step-changer
0: toy for Blur that came out under the Cyberverse banner, that toy became a very dark thing to see in the toy aisle after I saw that episode. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I'd see that thing, and I'd be like, wait, you can't... But but he's... Oh, no. He... <laughs> you made a toy, even. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Cyberverse is is so fun. It, it, it's, it's just so digestible, and it's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it like this. Like, I, I don't even really want to do episodic like dives into Cyberverse because it's like I actually just like looking at it as a whole like as a journey through it because it was it's just such a, a it continues to be such an unexpectedly fun series even when I was already enjoying it they would have more twists where I'm just like slapping my knee and going like I can't believe you did that and I'm so happy you did uh and oh you haven't even met RC yet
1: no I've only just seen her slightly just just in a couple little little takes that's it so i'm looking forward to that because i do remember seeing somebody say something on twitter about cyberverse oh rc's there and i just went oh i've got to go watch that
0: (laughs) she yeah she's not in a lot of it but uh i think i think in the episode you're about to watch she has her first big moment okay i think good
1: uh yeah, that was it, it that's involves... another thing that I really like in here is lots of they're they're doing an appropriate amount of female and male characters. So it doesn't feel all one sided. It seems yeah. like everybody's at the table being represented really well and that was that was really a big plus for me.
0: Like, like, to be honest, if I had one criticism of the casting, it's that with the layout of the cast of this show, and, and even with, and the, with the delivery and the, the caricatures and personalities that are there, mm-hmm. I am missing Strongarm enormously. <laughs> um, like, this feels like a show Strongarm from RID 2015 would have fit into, like, a glove. Uh, and and I feel like Strongarm's kind of gone, just been forgotten since that show ended. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm kind of hurting for some strong arm content in Cyberverse. Well, I don't think we're going to get it. Maybe
1: we will. I don't know. They might surprise us.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it partly in the hopes that I'm wrong about it. Like I've been wrong about so many other things with Cyberverse before I watched it. Uh, or even season two. Like, it's just, man. Yeah, it's a... It's a fun show. I, If you like Transformers and you enjoy the G1 cartoon even now, which means it's not just a nostalgia thing, I, I can't see you not having fun with at least part of Cyberverse. Yeah. Uh, and, it, yeah, it, it, it's highly recommendable. And I'm so glad it's getting more recognition on social media and that it's getting a good toy line, or I guess a good anticipated, Generations toy yeah. line. It's
1: anticipated that it'll, it'll be great. So it looks pretty yeah. good, I mean, from what you... and i've only just briefly see what what you did with the with the link again it's it's the under cyberverse is kind of feeling like the underdog that we haven't really been paying much attention to and i hope it starts to pick up speed which again (laughs) i hope that by time it picks picks up speed that it's not just like at at, on the boot heels of having it end in season three (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, like, like they confirmed season three, and I was like, that's great. And they said, also, there's going to be a TV movie. And then immediately made me go, that, that sounds like the thing you do when you want something to end is you say, and you get a movie to end yeah, with. Yeah, because and like, that well, was don't. what
1: Transformers Prime did. They gave us a movie and then, oh, crap, there's the end. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Like it was a, I I like that movie a lot, but it it, it's just a bummer when like that's that's kind of the message I get from that, and and I'm like I'm like come on, (sighs) give them a, give give them a rescue bots run. It's Boulder Media, it's non union, whatever, which means it's apparently is cheaper for you to make. That's fine because they're making a great thing, so let them keep going. Yeah,
1: you know it'd be great if they could just like you know rival My Little Pony. There you go. What did they go up to season six, seven? I'm just that. that I don't remember. That's
0: just ending or something, isn't yeah, it? Like but I, I thought I read something about that.
1: I, I, why can't Transformers go that way? Why can't we get some more? I would be all right if, if Cyberverse is that one, the one that breaks all molds and everything that's out there. Please, I'm crossing my fingers, let it be. <laughs> let it yeah. be. Oh, goodness. Like, like
0: it's, it's, it's just been so much fun. And, and the, the nature of the show, uh, part of what limits the show's potential is also what makes it I, I think able to run perpetually for a very long time, which is that it's just such a fluid show. Yeah. It doesn't have a real a real hard stated mission statement except for the word transformers in large block letters with an exclamation at the end. Like that's the show's mission statement. Yeah. It's just cheerfully saying Transformers! So like you can, they could feasibly go on with this for a while and just weave in more and more bits and pieces just as it feels you know suitable yeah and I I feel like it could survive for a long time uh, and be fun so
1: potentially yeah. yeah yeah the potential is definitely exciting it's it's getting me buzzed about the show
0: yeah. So. Uh, and, and It makes me care about about more characters too, like because of the Seekers, like uh, between between appearing in Cyberverse and also having some real decent representation in the trading card game. Like the, the the Rainmaker Seekers and the Storm Seekers are all like I don't know. I'm starting to like them more. Like I have I have I have uh, legitimate concerns about like Nova Storm and Ion Storm now. Nice. Um, and uh, and also Ion Storm is a very good TCG card. Is what I'll <laughs> say. Uh, anyway, yeah, that, that, I think that that's a good cap on a whole lot of talk about cyberverse uh, in the comics. Unless you had anything else you wanted to throw out about uh, no. uh, any of the media's we we're hitting.
1: No, I think that um, this is a really good spot. Like we've we've talked about everything pretty much that that needed to be talked about. I think, and it, you yeah, know, like, we started off in a really uncertain place, and now we're in a really good place. We're like, yeah, this this is the best out there right now. <laughs> it's carrying me through my Transformers fix. Story fix, yeah. this is what it, this is, Cyberverse is kind of doing that, so.
0: Yeah, like, I think I think it has, there, there's a certain ceiling on Cyberverse for me, as far as, like, the quality level, when you start putting it up against, like, a whole lot of other medias, mm-hmm. but not really in a in a bad way, it's like, like Cyberverse sets out to be ten minute episodes of Transformers, and it does it really well, and I'm like, that's something that we, I think, I think that, you know, it's just, I, I needed it uh very much
1: (laughs) i didn't know that i needed it until i started like binging it and i'm like wow this is actually really not bad
0: (laughs) yeah um and yeah other 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 than that like media wise the only other thing coming up which we know nothing of is the vaunted netflix uh animated series
1: yes uh, the one that we haven't heard anything about
0: yeah we just know who's writing it and he he did a panel at uh, the last TFCon, yep. and seemed to know a whole lot about uh, Transformers, and that's cool. And geeked uh, out about
1: a whole lot of other pop culture things, too, so the audience seemed like they were really happy with everything that he said. So, yeah. I was feeling good it, it vibes. Seems like it's, <laughs>
0: it, it seems like it's going to be very very sieged, like, it's going to be very tied into the Generations trilogy going on right now, and we know that that's Siege into Earthrise, so this is probably going to be a Siege show. Yeah, I, I wonder, given how much the current comic is also like... Featuring Siege Toys as cast members, like is if it's, it's going to be very close to what's going on in the comic tonally. Hmm. Um, that's that's something I'm curious about when it finally comes out. Is like how much is this going to be parallel to the comic, almost to an adaptation point, or how much is this going to be like you know very much its own thing? Gotcha. Uh,
1: Was there? Have you read anything out there that says like that the Netflix show is also going to be like a short amount of time? so many episodes. I thought I remember oh, I can't hearing remember. something. Now that I know, now that I've seen cyberverse do their 10 minute segments, I'm a little less worried about what that'll look like in the hopes that they've learned a little bit from each other, possibly mm-hmm. crossing my fingers that I'm not wrong on saying that, but I do remember that they said that the, there was only going to be so many episodes too. So I'm hoping that the tight amount of space Works well enough that they have the good confined storytelling, so we're not getting a lot of fluff. Yeah, that'd be really yeah, good if they I, did that. So,
0: I I also just hope that because unfortunately now we have a precedent set, right, for Transformer series made for streaming services. Yeah, it's the it's the Machinima trilogy is our precedent that's been set, and I'm kind of yeah. like, man, I like I like I just hope that it is not i hope that because the, there are people who are going in going like oh it's on netflix but we saw the last one went and i like i hope that's not proven true
1: well netflix I, I, isn't gonna green light something that's gonna be at that level to be honest i think that if i was a netflix person and i saw what they did i'd be like if you true if you try to put that on our <laughs> sir if you try to put that on our uh, streaming service i'm gonna i'm gonna be mad
0: <laughs> my 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 one fear because I felt that way until someone had mentioned to me like there are a lot of Netflix original productions that go up that don't really get talked about for very good reasons and I went and looked into it and I was like oh they do make some garbage too yeah they just they don't advertise their garbage as much in- and then
1: there's some stuff that are really great that don't get advertised enough and then they get canceled so yeah. Mm. I've I've watched a couple of those where, like, oh this is really good. Oh, too bad it's already been canceled. Damn.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially with animated stuff, there's a really weird pallor over animation with Netflix right now of, like, they're mm. they behind producing some very good stuff and also behind kind of sitting on some stuff in a really bad way or, you know, like, like uh, Tuca and Birdie's always the one that comes to mind this year of, like, in a Netflix animated production that that very much got old yellered before its time. Aw. Uh... And, uh, and also the whole... Go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, it, th- that's pretty sad, too, because potentially... I mean, we're seeing it now with Cyberverse just because all thrusters seem to be firing in the right direction. But potentially, Transformers has the capability of having some really great story, especially done on TV. And I'm really looking forward. I really hope that Netflix, the Netflix show does hit a really good run that makes it possible for us to see more of that opening up because the sad part about it is that if it doesn't do anything amazing and it does just kind of isn't really great. Um, I don't think we're going to have another chance to have that type of storytelling on a streaming option for a little while and that makes me kind of sad yeah. because it is i mean potentially there's so much that you can do with transformers it's so varied it's 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 got so much potential to be amazing and yet when you get things like the mashima just it makes you facepalm because you're like oh it's so capable of something better than this and this is what oh, that that
0: Shinomis <laughs> series did. Like that series did damage. It did uh, not like like it was a very front facing series when it first came out, and, and continued to be on the back of its celebrity voice castings. And in the fandom, it also like it just it it put this ugly face on Transformers cartoons, uh, almost the way the live action movies did in in a in a lesser sense. Yeah. But on a greater scale, and like when the live action movies did it, it was like well, no one really knows what Transformers is about in the two thousands other than hardcore fans, so it's it seems fresh to people and it's leading to better things. The machinima series was on the back of of award winning comic series mm-hmm. being in the headlines and I feel like it did some damage and the Netflix series happening was like unbelievable to me because of the Machinima series. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's for good reasons that it's happening and not you know yeah and I hope I, I, that don't, I don't want to be a pessimist
1: exactly I'm like I really want to be excited about this but I'm also cautious because I know if it isn't fantastic then it's going to do more damage and uh, yeah I just don't want more damage we want damage control here
0: <laughs> and and I know I know the Machinima series like folks have enjoyed it and I think there are bullet points in it that are neat but like. Like, I've had the conversations with folks who are kind of on the outskirts of the fandom. Who are like, oh, yeah, I saw that newer cartoon with uh, Ron Perlman. It was okay. And I'm always having to go, like, like I have to put on that smile and be like, well, if you thought it was okay, I'm not going to start... Going into it, I'm glad that you thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're like uh, I ha- I, there's maybe hate that a that's moment a touchstone. that I liked, but
0: <laughs> I, I hate that it's a touchstone. It's like it's like in the mid aughts or sorry, late aughts, early 2010s yeah. when the live action movies were the kind of I hate the word normie, but it was like you know for lack of a better term the the outside of fandom touchstone. Yeah, where those movies where it's like you're getting a haircut and someone sees your Autobot logo on your shirt and they go like, oh, you like those movies? And you kind of have to grin and bear it and go like. I mean, I like Transformers. Yeah, it's all right. Because <laughs> I don't want to get in conversation all of a sudden of like, going like, well, listen, I'm actually quite a fan of the, the IP in general. However, I have uh, quantitative uh, quality uh, concerns regarding the live action films. And then eventually they're like, well, I was also just making conversation because I'm cutting your hair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I see. Yeah, I've had those uncomfortable awkwardnesses before. Because um, I frequently drive Uber, and so when I've mentioned that I... Used to review Transformers, are like oh yeah, I've seen those, I've seen the movies, and I'm like, oh facepalm. Yeah. yeah, my
0: my my podcast was literally not about those movies. Yeah, actually, it was about <laughs> the
1: comics, and the comics were <laughs> award winning. So hey. <here> <laughs> and then you
0: get then you get the you get the really the really unpleasant uh, like the 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 cut in the pie of the person who's like, oh no, I remember the comics, uh, nefarious. They, they, they had comics for the movies. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah.
1: Sorry, I reviewed that one, too.
0: <laughs> I know I like bringing up Nefarious because most people forget about it within about six months, yeah. Uh, me included. And then every now and then I bring it up and it's always someone eventually goes like, I thought I forgot about Nefarious. Why did you do that? Uh, those of you who might not have been around for that era of tie-in comics to live action films, you should go read Nefarious.
1: Yeah, Nefarious it actually it, had a couple bits in it that I wish that they had done more with. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's got ideas, but boy, howdy! Uh, don't look up anything about it before you read it, and then look up stuff about it yeah. because I I love I love people's raw reactions to the robot art in Nefarious. Uh, like when you tell them, like, no, that thing is uh, that Legends toy that turned into a motorcycle, and they're like, they're like, what? <laughs> you know, hold hold it, hold <laughs> it up next to it. You can kind of see the silhouette, sort of.
1: Nice. <laughs> uh,
0: Anyway, um, so I guess to cap things off, we don't have to go too long on this. Usually, we end up doing like with the regular guys, like a, a off-topic what we got this week thing of just like if you had anything interesting happen that wasn't Transformers related. Uh, as like a cool down of sorts. A- anything on your end, off-topic to Transformers that was of note? Anything you picked up? Anything like I don't know, appliances? <laughs> appliances. We've had a, we've had a, we've had appliances <laughs> be off-topic. What we got this week? Uh, you know what?
1: I can't think of anything specific other than my other thing that I've been, that's been you know, taking up my time is I've been audio listening to the Expanse series, which I've already kind of mentioned already again. Hmm. Just, I, I, I didn't realize how great it was until I started like listening to the book and went, "Oh, I like." I just just going through and listening to the the books on audio because I've been doing that in between. Like my, <laughs> I don't get a lot of free time, so the when I do have free time, I, I you know that's what I I find little things to fill the spaces, and this is what I felt for mine, and which makes me pretty happy because I'm doing. I'm I'm listening to both uh, the Expanse books and the Witcher series. Because Ooh. it's also supposed to be coming out on uh, Netflix soon, I think. Um, oh, yeah, that's the, uh, the Henry Cavill joint on yeah, um, Witcher, Yeah, right? so yeah. I've been... I thought, well, i got to learn a little bit about it. I haven't actually played the games. I know that they're out there, but I haven't done it yet. Um, so I thought, okay, well, th- I, they've got these books. Let's go check them out. So I've been doing that, and I'm really kind of happy, happily supl- surprised by it in different ways. And so... Um, I like comparing sometimes the different choices between what they do in novels as opposed to TV series. So it's been really interesting to see the, the story choices that they chose to go through with the TV show of The Expanse as opposed to what was in the book. And there's slight differences, which I approve of those differences. I thought they were really smart about how they did it to push the the, the plot in a different way and to build up things in the way that they did and how it paid off in the end because it was just really smart I, I, I kind of I like being able to look at story that's very smart like that and see how mm. they do different choices and things like that but yeah um, that's all I've really been doing is just you know
0: <laughs> yeah, consuming, audio, more, audio yeah, cons- consuming more
1: consuming <laughs> more story basically <laughs>
0: yeah yep. i've got i've got a backlog of um audible stuff uh that i've been meaning to read for months oh. and i keep i've I I done it for years
1: a, i've i've been out of the loop of because i i can't usually i have a hard time being able to sit down for 30 minutes and read because i've got so much to yeah. do is i'm wearing different hats i'm a mom i'm you know running around doing things and Trying to get things done and I was responsibility. So, if I get a chance to actually sit down and do something for me, the audiobook option in the past has worked because I can do yeah. multiple things like a multitask. So, I kind of been it's out this- of it for years. And so, I sat down and said, Okay, I'm going to do this. And I found a way to make it work for me. So.
0: Uh, I've been meaning to for ages. Just whenever I want to listen to something, I'm like, well, I should catch up on my my handful of podcasts I'm still <laughs> keeping up with, and then like that just never ends. Yeah, I, I, I'm mostly just listening to one podcast right now because all the other ones I keep falling behind on too. And even then, yeah. I'm like, a couple months pass, and I'm like, well, now I have six episodes built up of this one podcast, and it just keeps me it keeps me going perpetually. <laughs> uh, so yeah, one of these days I will catch up. Yeah. But um, yeah, off topic over here, ain't ain't too much going on that we hadn't talked about already. Um, so I think that that's a good place to cap things off for now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Amy, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been very fun. This was a really great sit down to have a chin wag about all the awesome that's out there right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all on my mind for the last like uh, month and a half or so, and I was like, we gotta. talk about this somewhere and the the odd number episodes on this show now are very uh rotating in concept and seem like a perfect place to slot something in sweet Uh, well
1: thank you for for planning it and making it happen woohoo
0: no worries (laughs) and if if folks want to talk to you you are you are on twitter now and then as lady of rec
1: yes i try to make a, a little bit of time every day to jump on the twitters and say hi to people and say something geeky so, yeah, yeah, that's where you can find me. The best place to find me is on Twitter. So, yep. And you've
0: also got, you've got uh, about six and a half years of podcasts up, even though it did end in December 2015. Yeah. Uh, so if, yep. if folks want to go back and years. hear some. I think
1: about five years. And, and it's not all just me. I mean, there, we got the, like, the last two to three years, I think we uh, tag teamed it, where um, it was me and Matt. King Grimmy, and he would take yeah. one group of people, and I took the other group of people, and we tag team to get all the comics, and it just got massive.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's all still up there. Oh yeah, so all of if, it is. It's it, it's
1: all available, um, and it's I guess in some ways, I guess the news bits wouldn't be relevant, but going through and looking at all of the comic pages from page to page, I guess it's still relevant if you're still reading. So yeah
0: it's uh, it's over on uh, on Twitter it's it's the underbase yeah um, and it's uh, the So so folks want to yep. go and, and relive some uh, some comic releases from back in them the, the mid 2010s uh, it's a weird thing to say relive the 2010s uh, then uh, y'all can do that too yeah. but yeah uh, yeah, until then, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, next episode, uh, we're going to be going into a bunch of the New York Comic Con reveals that were not pre-revealed before the reveal, and it turns out there was a lot of it. A bunch of it was Cyberverse, so Sweet. get ready for some more Cyberverse talk. <laughs> uh, but until then, thank you for listening, uh, and stay safe. Bye-bye! What <laughs> <laughs> the